This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. All right, so with this past week, there's really not that much that's happened in college football. Yeah. Uh, so while we were recording last week, there were a couple bowl games that happened, and so I wanted to talk about what actually happened in those bowl games. Um, so one of them was the Rose Bowl. It was Oregon versus Wisconsin. What a great game. That was pretty solid. I mean, yeah. of, that might be the best bowl game we've had this this year yeah yeah for sure the most competitive and like top teams playing each other yeah like there have been some competitive team games with like lesser teams but yeah and like clemson ohio state might have been better that's that's the just because of the implications but yeah besides that i think that was the best game and i also like somebody showed there's a the Oregon helmets were like the silver shine. Yeah. And at just the right moment, the sunset was just shining off of the helmets so perfectly. Yeah. And it made sick. it so their helmet was like sunset colored. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was and like cool. that was like the perfect cap on the awesome game. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. It really motivated me that one day I will go to the Rose Bowl and watch it. It even if like the two teams aren't like top ten teams necessarily. It's worth it. Yeah, it's the Rose Bowl is kind of on. It should be on most people's like sports people's bucket list. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then uh, the next one that I want to talk about was so Minnesota upset. Well, I guess they didn't technically upset them. They upset them in my eyes. Um, Auburn, and so it was really cool. I was happy for Minnesota. I think Minnesota looks good. Um, I'm amazed that they hired Utah State's offensive coordinator. Yeah, that was that weird. was weird because it's not like like our offense regressed this year. So yeah, like, like by a, like a backstep. Yeah, I mean, part of that is because we lost a bunch of starters. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but like, I think it's really weird to hire a coach that like went backwards. Like exactly. he didn't show like, look, I can lead an offense. Like I don't, I didn't think our sp- offense looked special. And there were, I mean, I feel like he got better as the season went on. Yeah, but I, I never felt great about him. No, and, and it some of the play calling again, like the same thing yep. I said with Matt Wells. Some of the play calling is like, what are you doing? Like, yep. I and know. I do, I agree with the idea. If your players are talented. Every play looks like the right call. Oh, like sure. if they can, if they can do it, everything looks perfect. And if they can't do it, the perfect play call is going to look dumb. And I agree with that. But, but, but at the my, same my time, problem wasn't with. I don't know about that. Like I, I still think calling this isn't what he did. But I'll go back to Matt Wells calling a screen pass on every third and ten. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Sean McVay did the same thing this year. I don't care if it works. And this is working 100% of the time. I hate that. I hate yeah. when it's predictable, when it's third down, and you're like, well, they know the screen pass is coming. It's whether we can outplay them. Yeah. Like, and, like, I get the idea of setting something up. I like the idea of just giving your players an opportunity to make a play. Yeah. But when you reach a point where you go, okay, these players aren't good enough to make that play, or we're just not setting anything up, it's just like, what are you doing? 
Yeah, then it's just and, a bad play call. And my my big go-to with Sanford and why I don't like – well, I don't like the hire for Minnesota. I don't – I didn't think he should be fired at Utah State necessarily, right? But I don't like the hire for Minnesota. Is the fact that uh, Jordan Love regressed, and a mm. lot of it looked like it was his decision making. And I put a lot of young quarterback decision making on the coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially where last year he was making good decisions, and this year he wasn't. I really felt like that came down to the fact that Sanford was not giving him good advice or that he was giving him okay advice, but somehow what Yost was telling him was just amazing and there's no one better than Yost. And while I liked Yost, I don't think Yost was that great that Yost made Jordan Love look amazing and no one else can do that. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's, yeah. that's my concern. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see next year. But what what yeah. happened to Minnesota's offensive coordinator this year? Did he get hired somewhere um, else? Their OC this year got hired away. Okay. And they had an interim head coach or interim OC for the bowl game, and he did great. And okay. so he is going to be co-OC with uh, Sanford. That's going to work out well. Yeah, I and so, I love the idea of co-offensive coordinators. Yeah, of two the, people getting together to call plays. Yeah, the rumor I've heard like is idea. apparently Sanford will be primarily recruiting. Um, then why are you calling him an offensive coordinator? Yeah, that's that's what I think too. Like, is is this a, a demotion for him? Like, is he going from like a full-fledged offensive coordinator to like? standing behind their other offensive coordinator hoping that one day maybe he'll be ready to be a full-fledged big 12 offensive I mean yeah I think so <laughs> I think he's making more and I think he's hoping to get back because he was a good OC at Notre Dame sure yeah but um, and I think that's the thing I think it's the point where everyone in coaching is able to look at Notre Dame and able to look at Boise and able to look when he was at Stanford say okay he's good but when they look at him as a head coach at Western Kentucky or as an OC at Utah State they just say oh it was the players that couldn't do it Yeah, it which may be program. true Yeah, it may um, be. but I really feel like if you take his last four years of coaching and just throw it out the window that's not good well, no, and it's not like he's going – like, Minnesota was good this year. When was the last time we were talking about Minnesota being in the top 10? Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's not like he's going to have stellar, amazing players every year where, like, if he's struggling to call plays for Utah State, like, in a couple of years, if Minnesota can't keep up the recruiting, like, what are they going to do then? Because yeah. all of a sudden, if that's what you're saying, if the players aren't good enough. Exactly. Because that's know. the benefit he had at Boise and at Notre Dame. You're you're better recruited than anybody that you're playing for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, you have the best players in your con well, I guess Notre Dame isn't a I mean, I I consider Notre Dame at this point to basically be an ACC team and they're the second oh, they best are. recruited team in the ACC. So uh behind Clemson. Yeah, that's why I said second. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I I thought you said the best and I was like, "No. No. no, no. Yeah, Clemson's got. I'm not yeah, that dumb. Can. 
I'm not uh, the best at college football, but I do know that Clemson is better than Notre Dame. That's true. Uh, all right, so then the next game was one that I whiffed on on my prediction. Um, I thought Michigan was going to pull off the upset against Bama, and not at all did Michigan look like they were even kind of doing that. No, uh, Bama came out, good. and from the from the kickoff and everything, just whooped on Michigan, just walked all over them. They looked amazing. Well, to to be fair, when we were previewing that game, you were talking about Alabama not having the motivations. Yeah. And it's very clear that Alabama showed up and wanted to win that game. Motivated. Yep. Like, I mean, the only, I mean, who else besides Tua didn't play in that game? Uh, There weren't many. I I think there were a few defensive backs. Okay. Because I know, Uh, like, most of their offensive weapons were still playing. Yeah, most of their skill players played. Um, Jerry Judy, their best offensive player other than Tua played. Yeah. There, there wasn't many that I heard about that didn't play. And that's what surprised me. I kept expecting it to be where it's kind of we find out that nobody played. But no, pretty much everybody played. Yeah. And they played with motivation. So they looked good and they just flat out murdered them. And they showed how much better they are than Michigan. Yeah. Well, and we knew that before. I mean, so. Well, yeah, we 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 did know that. This isn't a shock, but Yeah. I mean, at, when where was Michigan at the end of the season before this bowl game? They were like 13 or 14. And Alabama was 13. So, Michigan so was were, below them, but not by much. They're like a rank or two below them and it's very yeah. clear that Alabama is probably definitely a top 10 team. Yeah. Despite the fact that they lost to a couple teams they shouldn't have. Well, yep. Mostly Auburn, but yeah, turns out Auburn's they, they lost to Auburn and that was it. So yeah, so now the beauty is that uh, Minnesota has just like that easy transitive win over Bama. Yeah, yeah. just right They're there. Clearly, short jump. I mean, it's just like it's just like when UCF claimed the title. They had the transitive over Auburn, or they beat Auburn. Auburn beat Bama. Yeah. Maybe Minnesota is the national champions this year. Well, I mean, Makes Bama's sense. not even in the national championship, and nobody yeah, has beat, beat Bama, either. So, I well, think I, you, yeah, nobody's beat either of the teams in the national championship, so there is no transitive playoff yeah. national champion this year. But Minnesota, they should have been in the playoffs, so we're just we're we're gonna claim that they're the champion. I mean, they might have put up a bigger fight than Oklahoma. And we don't know. They probably would have. Yeah. Um. All right. So then there were. A couple other games. The other bowl games were dumb and really yeah. didn't matter and weren't very good. Yeah, so I definitely thought that the national championship was this Monday. I know, so, it should have been. So I, like, opened my thing. And, I well, I asked Alexa, I was like, what, what time is the game today? And she was like, Louisiana plays at... I was like, oh, cool. And then I get home and I'm like, oh. Oh, that's the wrong not, Louisiana. Yeah, it's not LSU. Yeah, that's I think why it was like Louisiana say. Southern Miss. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the uh, Armed game. Forces Bowl. But yeah, it was it's super dumb because had they played on New Year's, I would have agreed that like have it two weeks later. Sure. But they played the week before New Year's. Yeah, like, so, so is this th- almost three, three weeks? weeks? Yep. Jesus, that's, that's too much. It's too much. Yep. Too much of a break. A lot of people agree. I don't know if anything will change. But that to me goes to show that there's room for a quarterfinal. 
if we can have the semifinal and then have a three-week break before the final, we can fit a quarterfinal in there just fine. Yeah, a quarterfinal in there just fine without any problems. Um, let alone the fact that bowl season is a full month, so it's easy to fit in either way. Yeah, like you can make it work. Yeah. So there were only two bowl games that I even wanted to mention. Um, one of them was that Tennessee stole nine Indiana from us. Oh yeah. And I hate them for that. I really like don't care about Tennessee that much, but I really wanted nine Indiana just because it had just been the thing on the internet. That was like the joke all year. And we got so close to it. And then Tennessee just stole it from us. Broke my heart. Yeah. That was kind of funny to me. But yep. And then Tennessee had the signs that they held up. Did you see that part? No, I didn't see that. Oh, it's so great. So uh, they just had it where like a bunch of fans held up like individual letters. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess it was supposed to be where it said like good old Rocky or good old volunteers. And then they flipped the letters around and it said like go Rocky top. Uh-huh. But they could not get the letters the right way. Uh-huh. And so it was just nonsense lettering <laughs> up there. And like two people's signs were like not even with the group. They were like way lower down. That's so nice. there's a few screenshots of them where it's like, got Val Taki Rock. <laughs> and then there's just like two O's hanging out in the corner. Nice. It's pretty great. That's, I really did. That's, that, that. that's usually how that happens when you have students yep. try and put that together. I like that. And then, uh, especially when it's organized by all guys. Yeah. There's a female there directing. I'm sure it would be great, but I'm sure there was some guy directing and he wasn't doing his job. Yep. And then the other game, and I don't even want to talk about the game actually. I just want to talk about the post game for okay. the potato bowl. So, you don't want to pot- talk about the creepy mascot for the potato bowl? That oh, thing showed up in my nightmares. Bud? What is that? That thing chased Buddy. me. Buddy. Yeah, Spuddy chased me down the hallway one night. Oh, I love the potato bull mascots. Spuddy's Creepy the best. As hell, dude. It's a nightmare you, machine. Did you see the it. one from like 1960? Yes, I just saw it when yeah, I was. Yeah, that's the I one. That's the creepier version that, that actually just haunted that one. Me. That one is nightmare fuel. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a pretty bad one. But I feel like most mascots from like the 60s are like that. That's like true. Like the clowns but... and like the. The rabbits, like people did not make attractive costumes back then. It was weird. Yeah. It's almost like they had terrible technology and just did the best they could. Well, and they probably lined it with asbestos too. I mean, probably, but that was just Uh, for the commercials we can get. So at the end of the bowl game, at the end of the potato bowl, to celebrate it, they, the Ohio players poured a Gatorade cooler full of french fries on their head coach yeah i saw that i definitely thought it was photoshop making fun of the potato bowl it was only when i saw the second one that i was like oh my gosh they actually did that it's incredible and i love it because it's turning into a more of a thing like with Uh the smoothie bowl um they poured like a green smoothie on their coach um for the uh tony the tiger sun bowl uh-huh. They poured frosted frosted flakes on their coach. Was there milk with a frosted flake? No, there wasn't. Gross. Uh, but I love it. I love that it's turning into a more more and more of a thing. 
Yeah, that's. that's but also, there funny. was a joke about the uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. <laughs> and so they're like, "Oh yeah, what they're going to do is they're going to call in a tactical airstrike on the losing coach." <laughs> in so, this game, you lose forever. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the only good thing of the Potato Bowl, and I loved it. It was great. Um, And then just a little bit of news. So Tua declared for the draft. um, Shocked. Which totally makes sense. I was surprised that there were rumors he was coming back. But He's already projected to go at, like, number five to Miami. Like, yeah. Do you really want to go back for another year just to maybe steal that number one spot? Exactly. Like I, I'd, I'd understand if he'd fallen maybe all the way to the second round or maybe even, to be fair, again, I've said this all year, I'd rather get drafted late first round and beginning of the second round um, than get picked in the top ten. Like, yes, you're going to make more money, but you want to be successful in the NFL, you want to go to a good team and you're not going to go to the good, a good team. If you're in the top 10, like 99% of the time. Yep. And I feel like, yeah, that's the whole idea of, are you just looking for rookie money or are you looking for a career? Yeah. Because I feel like dropping in the first round is good for you. If you're looking for a career. Um, I would be interesting to see like numbers on that and see if that's actually true comparatively, but that's just how I feel especially for quarterbacks. I feel like most other positions going early is better, but I feel like for quarterbacks, if you start the first year, it's bad for your career. I mean, Uh, ask Patrick Mahomes if he'd rather be at the Bears right now. That's true. That is true. And he got drafted, Uh, what, 12th, 10th? uh, Something like that. Yeah, no, it was 10. Yeah. Well, I think an interesting one to think on is the 2005 draft. Because so that's the year I think it was 2005 when Alex Smith was the number one draft pick uh-huh. and and went to the Niners, but it was like the whole debate between should you draft Alex Smith or should the Niners draft Aaron Rodgers, right? And I think that I still look back at that one. I'm like, I don't know. What if they switch? Would Aaron, Would Alex Smith be just as successful in Green Bay? No. Would Aaron Rodgers have been more successful in in San Francisco? Like, yes. I think that's a super interesting one because neither of them were like horrible. Alex Smith struggled early on, but it's because they switched offensive coordinators on him every year. Yeah, it wasn't great, but I definitely think Aaron Rodgers is the kind of player that would have been successful anywhere. Especially yeah. the 49ers have never been like a terrible organization. I just felt like they didn't have a great quarterback and were struggling at some other positions. Like, yeah. And I guess their coach was never super great until they got Kyle Shanahan. But yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, so it was interesting. Um, but yeah, good for Tua. Go make your money. Yeah. Um, and then the other little news thing that I wanted to mention was that Des Bryant tweeted about how the team that drafts Jordan Love is going to be getting a star, and was super like hyping Jordan Love. That was awesome. That was yeah. really cool. So, so where are you seeing Jordan Love being projected in mock drafts? Like, I sh- I think I sent you that one that has him going twenty fifth to the Patriots, but I'm thinking that's a little high. I saw high. one today. I don't remember the source, but it had him going thirteenth to the Colts. Holy crap! Like, yeah. I can see him going to the Colts. Don't get me wrong, but I see him going to the Colts in the second round, third round. 
Yeah, which I'm I am fine with. But no, the hype is getting big on him. Um, I saw another one today that listed him as the third best QB prospect and the 16th best player in the draft. Wow. And so then it's, I think that would then have him drop to the Colts. Probably. I don't know where, where that would have him specifically be drafted, but yeah, yeah I think crazy. it's, I think I, I would wild. Rather, at this point I'm drafting Herbert before I draft Jordan love. Like, yep. I don't know. After if you had asked me last year, like it's the same thing with Jake Browning. If you had asked me after his like uh, sophomore year, I would have drafted Jake Browning maybe number one overall. Yep. But like by the time the next year, well, he got injured the next year, and then when he went the year after, he was picked in like the sixth round and hasn't seen a field. Like I, I don't even know how much time he got in the preseason. Yep. Yep. One of the things I do uh, agree with though is. The team that takes Jordan Love, if they take him early, will have to be an organization that has a lot of trust in their leadership. Um, like for example, if Bill Belichick had like the second pick in the draft and took Jordan Love, people won't be saying like, "Oh no, Jordan Love!" Like that's a horrible pick by the Patriots. I would. People trust the Patriots; they'll instantly go, <laughs> "Oh wow." what a steal Belichick tricks everyone again, takes the best player, you know, whenever it, it has to be an organization like that. Otherwise people will revolt. Like if the jets draft him, I don't think that's projected, but if the jets draft him, they'll just be pissed because the jets are always pissed. Yeah. And so I, mean, I don't think the jets are drafting George back, but I get what you're saying. Like yeah. if he goes to a bad organization, he's going to look bad. Most likely. Yeah. Especially early on uh, the organization will be roasted. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, why I want him to go somewhere like the Colts where he had he can go Jacoby Brissett is fine to go for another year. Like yep. they were a couple games out of the playoffs and that was less Jacoby Brissett and more that their best weapon is T. Y. Hilton who's looking like he's fifty and Marlon yep. Mack who can never stay healthy. Yep. So Yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens in the next little bit. Apparently senior day uh, or the senior bowl is going to be a huge thing for Jordan. Yeah. I and mean, it is going to be, I think this will be combine. a chance for him to show like, this is what I can do. when I have elite athletes catching the ball. Like yep. I, I, I really do think he was limited this year with his wide receivers, but I think I, his decision making this year and how many interceptions he threw this year is really troubling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, I, I think, I don't know. I'm drafting him earliest i'm drafting is sec- second round and that's if i'm a good organization and i can give him a year yep yep so, so it should be good um and then see. just for a little preview of the title game um so lsu is just amazing and i expect lsu to look really good i don't yeah. really have that much to say about lsu mm-hmm. um the biggest thing i probably have to say about lsu is it'll be interesting to see what they do next year um, mm-hmm. losing Joe Burrow, losing a few athletes. I, I don't know. I really like the coaching staff. They kept everyone together. Yeah. So, I love Coach o. Yeah. I love Coach O. I love Joe Brady. Yeah. Like good. they're looking good. So I think they'll be able to bounce back well with losing Burrow and a couple other people. Do um, they have a quarterback ready to go behind Burrow? I have no idea. Okay. He's right. been the guy the last two years. So right. That's I don't what know. I'm saying. Like, um, 
places I mean, like Oklahoma either right. have somebody or they're going to get a transfer. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess to be fair, LSU, if they don't have a quarterback, somebody's going to want to go there next year. Somebody's going to want to do it. <laughs> and even if they have like their guy in, in the wings. Yeah. They still probably going to get fine. people trying to transfer there. So yeah, I think they'll, they'll be, be fine. They'll be okay. And then, uh, but the real thing I want to talk about is just like the narrative around Clemson. Cause today I listened to the ESPN daily podcast uh, with Mina Kimes. I really like it. I recommend it. Um, Wait, she does a podcast? Yeah. ESPN Daily. Okay. It's a 30-minute podcast every day where every day she just talks, um, covers a different thing in sports. It's really perfect for – I normally walk to work each day, and so it's like a 20-minute walk, so it's like the time that I get there. Uh-huh. Um, and it, so it's super good. And today it was all about Clemson and all about Dabo. And so the thing that bugs me about Dabo Sweeney is he is so like everyone is against us. He he cultivates this narrative that <laughs> everyone is down on Clemson. No right. one wanted Clemson in the playoff. No one thinks Clemson can do it. And he just keeps saying it and keeps talking about it. And it's super obnoxious. But it was really interesting because Mina was talking to a reporter from ESPN that covers the ACC and she talked about how that's because that's how Dabo has grown up. Dabo walked on at Alabama. Uh, okay. He didn't have a scholarship. He had to push his way through. He lived with his mom because they didn't have the money to buy him an apartment. Mm-hmm. He even slept in the same bed as his mom because mm-hmm. they could only afford a one-bedroom apartment. Wow. Like he w- When he finished at Bama, he went to go work. And he had trouble finding grad assistant positions. And then after a little bit, he couldn't find a position. He sold real estate for a little bit, came back to coaching. Um, it, when he was promoted at Clemson to be the head coach, like people didn't really believe in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that it, I kind of get that now. That That's his mentality because that's always been his mentality. Right, it's the it's same thing weird with Baker. For him to recognize that he is now the evil empire, not the rebels. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but at a certain point, like you have to realize, oh, hey, we've won the national championship in t- for two years in a row, and we yep. are in the easiest division. Like, at no point do I like they were in the top five all year, despite playing nobody. And yep. a close lot or a close win over North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina was the scare. They okay. talked about a bit about that. Like, I mean, every every team is gonna like the fact that they didn't lose a game is still huge. Like, yep. But it's a lot easier to do that when you're playing a cupcake schedule. You're gonna get flack when you play a cupcake schedule. We realize it's not your fault, Dabo. Yeah, but because like they talk about gonna... how A and M was supposed to be the highlight on their schedule. But AM didn't show up this year, so how is that Clemson's fault? Right. It's like if people blaming Bill Belichick for the AFC East being bad. And, I mean, there are some conspiracy theorists out there that think that he's some mastermind that's crippled the organizations in the AFC East through certain moves. Whatever. Like, those people are crazy. Like, n- almost mm-hmm. nobody is saying, like, the AFC East is bad because Bill Belichick is ruining... No. It's not Bill Belichick's fault that his organization is bad, but every year you're going to hear about the cupcake schedule they have to play because at least two of the three teams are going to be under 500. Yep. 
Like, and usually it's three. And they, they, Clemson needs Florida State and Miami to show up finally. Yeah. yeah. Once they show up, the narrative goes back to it's fine. Um, but it was when really you're the only team in your whole conference. It's good. Yeah. It's exactly. really hard to say before you play somebody good. As soon as they played Ohio State, though, I don't think the talks has been negative about Clemson. I think most everybody I've heard is, you know what, LSU might be favored in this game, but I think Clemson has a real shot in this game. They're going to be yep. competitive the whole game. Yep. Like, exactly. LSU think- has looked better than you, I think, all year and have been playing better teams. Like, they're going to have some, that. Everybody like, hates Clemson. Yeah, it's LSU nothing against good. It's nothing, yeah, it's nothing against Clemson. Like, yeah. I can kind of understand your argument that, hey, maybe they should have been a, ahead of Ohio State. But again, I think Ohio State played probably the hardest last three games of their schedule before the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think they earned that number two spot. Like, but to say at number three, you're being underrated. When even going into the Ohio State game, when you hadn't proven anything, a lot of people were saying, watch out for Clemson. Clemson's going to be good in this one. But yep. I, don't know. I think Clemson totally would have had an argument if we were back in the BCS day, days and they got left out of the playoff. Sure. But they were in the playoff. They have their shot to prove it. Yeah. Cool. You're good now. Yeah. We have a top four now. You yep. you didn't get held out of the playoff. You didn't get held out. You got your shot and you did a great job. Yeah. So if you're going to argue that you should have been number one, you're not. Yeah, like, exactly. So like all you can argue is that you should have been the number two you would have been facing the same exact team same exact team you just change the color of your jerseys that's it and i mean it's kind of like we talked about before the game um i mentioned that i thought that if clemson would have been the two seed instead of the three clemson would have been favored by more even though the game doesn't change right um and i think yeah it's true but that just goes to show clemson's well respected it's not some conspiracy theory that everybody hates Clemson. It's fine. No, no. Um, but yeah, so I'm super excited for that game on Monday. I yeah, it should be, be really, a really, really good, good game. Like, it's definitely it not going to be like the LSU Oklahoma game. Yeah, like should be great. Should so. be very competitive. But so yeah, that's all I got for this week. All right. Um, well, oh, he didn't get much of a chance to talk in the college football portion but that's because it's like me he's not the well even less than me he's not much of a college football fan at all um but brolo is here with us this week um so how's it going dude what's going what's up hey guys oh things are going good i'm excited for for some more playoff football wild card was awesome and uh excited for the divisional weekend coming up so do you know the last time the chiefs had a buy in the playoffs Oh gosh, I don't. Gotta be years. I, mean, I don't know either, but I, I'm, I'm. That's gotta be a long time ago, if ever. Real long time. Um, yeah. yeah, way before my time. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, they're here now. So. Yeah, uh, sitting back, taking it easy, watching everybody else play. That's a. Yeah. That was a great feeling. Let, let some of their players that have been hurting all year have an extra week of rehabilitation and get them healthy. So. Get to watch uh, the Patriots get knocked out. It's a good goodbye week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so let's kind of just 
review what happened this this past weekend with the wild card and we'll kind of just go in order so um first game of the week we had the bills losing to the texans in overtime 19 to 22 um the bills had a great opening drive in that game they were able to drive down the field josh allen had like a 40 yard rush and then they did the buffalo special which was just the yeah. special and josh allen kind of yeah. touchdown pass um took i thought he took a really unnecessary hit towards the end of that like he oh yeah i think he could have done something to avoid it but whatever um but after that first drive i, I just felt like their offense never got back into rhythm um i don't know what did you yeah. see well yeah yeah they they were able to you know do a little bit um they they led um, 16 to, to nothing up until the third. Right. Uh, so yeah, they, they weren't able to get everything going. It really was that first drive. They looked really good and then they were looked really, really strong. And then everything just kind of fell apart and the Deshaun watching, excuse me. Yeah. Watson showed what he really, um, is capable of. It, yeah. He showed why people are comparing him to Michael Jordan. I think that might be a leap with this, his real first, I guess his second playoff like experience like but like that clutch factor is the i think mentality. what people are saying of that like he's just a winner and has this clutch like there's there's only a few other quarterbacks in the league even though this is like his third or third year in the league i think yeah it's third um yeah. we looked it up once <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah so his third year um and he's still one of like a few quarterbacks that I'd want to have the ball with two minutes left in the fourth down by six, six. Absolutely. Like he just has that clutch factor where he's gonna make the play like every week. I mean, even this week he had a play where you're just like, how did you not get tackled there? And all of a sudden we have a first down and like save the game. Oh yeah. The, the overtime, like setting up the field goal. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a second and six and he looked like it was going to be a big sack. Yeah, uh, they he, were had two, for he had big two lock. people coming from both ends. He looked like he was going to get sandwiched. Yep. All of a sudden he just like shrinks out of it like a little snake. And yeah, like, great. and you're like, what the, how the hell do you do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was wild. But so one thing that was funny is uh, somebody posted, that so Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence both came back from 16 down this past week. Yeah. So they said Dallas Sweeney just makes them different. I mean, it's wild. It's crazy. You must. We'll see what they do against LSU. If they do it yeah. there, I'll yeah, believe it. If they believe be it. So, um, the Texans at the same time, I, I'm, we've said this all year. The Bills defense is legit. Like, it's really mm -hmm. good. Um, yeah. The Texans really only had like three or four drives where they were, they looked like they were able to get a rhythm going and keep it going. I thought they really needed to give Duke Johnson the ball more and maybe okay. put Carlos Hyde on the sideline a little bit more. Like, I respect the hell out of Carlos Hyde. He's had a great career. But you have like this young running back that is able to like just break tackles and make these huge plays for you. And then you have Carlos Hyde, who almost lost on the game with that fumble towards the end of the game, where they did the pitch and he completely dropped it, but was able to pick it up and run out of bounds. And then the next play, he was caught the touchdown. Like the game would have been completely different had the player been able to get the ball there. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So I, I don't know. I thought I thought they should have um, gave Duke Johns the ball more, um, and I think it was really clear they were missing Will Fuller in this game. Absolutely. Um, they may, like DeAndre Hopkins is great, and he can make some deep runs, but Will Fuller is their deep threat. Like he's the yeah. one that's going to beat defenders down the field. He's the one making the big plays usually. DeAndre Hopkins has some of the best hands in the game is very dependable, but if I'm going for a 60-yard pass, it's probably going to Will Fuller. Yep. Or maybe even Kenny Stills before Hopkins. Yep. Um, yeah. And when Will Fuller plays, the Texans score seven more points on average. So well, he really crazy. does make a big difference on their offense. Like He is a very, very yeah, big impact player. Um, he is expected to play next week, so um, that is that is definitely a key factor. Um, yeah, that's huge. Good. Because I wasn't sure if he was able going to gonna be – because I think he's still on the injury report this week. Um, he is. But Adam, Adam, Schefter, um, I mean, Adam Schefter is saying he's he's good to go, but, yeah, we'll see how 100% he yeah. is. And I think I it's gamemanship, too. I think it's the whole, yeah. like, hey, Kansas City, you know, maybe you don't know. Yeah, maybe we don't have Will Fuller and you need to look at our backup. Yeah. But yeah, I I I, I don't know. Um so there was there was two key points in this game that I think kind of I don't want to say decided this game, but kind of swung this game for me. Um so towards the end of the game with less than 2 minutes left, the Bills are down by 3. Yep. Um Instead of kicking a 60-yard field goal with Hoshka, who's made that far before, which I get he's old and maybe you don't have as much trust in him anymore, but instead they go for it on 4th and 27. Like, do you, I, like, I really am wondering, did they have a play there that they thought they could draw pass interference every time or something? Because like, that's the only yeah, that thing that makes... It. it has to be big, you expect to get a penalty. Yeah. Because there's no way you think you're more likely to convert fourth and twenty seven than kick a sixty yard field goal oh. with a good kicker. Well yeah, exactly. Yeah. Josh Allen ends up taking a twenty yard so by the way, Josh Allen, yeah, had taken a like a seventeen yard sack to play before mm-hmm. and then made a nineteen yard sack on that play <laughs> yeah. to turn over the ball. Fortunately, like we've said, the Bills' defense is legit held up, yeah. and was able to held hold the team. And um, I guess I'm gonna say, fortunately for them, the Bill O'Brien decided to try and ice the game rather than punt it. This is a huge decision in the game. They punt it; they could have pinned them deep, and there was less than a minute, I think, at this point. And I think trusting Josh Allen to go the whole length of the field in a less than a minute is a whole heck of a lot more than saying, hey, you need to go 30 yards. Yeah. Um, but they go for it, and they don't get it. And then um, Josh Allen is able to get them in field position to kick a field goal, forces overtime. Um, and then the Bills get the ball first, and they're driving down the field, and Josh Allen, I think it's Josh Allen. The quarterback may- of the Bills? No, I th- I'm, I just couldn't remember if it was him and De- or Devin Singletary making the run on this play. I'm thinking that Josh Allen ran for a first down on third and nine. Mm. Um, but they were given a blindside block that wasn't a blindside block at all. I thought it was a terrible call when I first saw it. And after seeing the replay, I was I was pissed. Um, 
the fish, I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was Pereira on this one, um, but he said he wouldn't have given blindside block on that one. But, you know, it, it's a playoffs. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so they are forced to punt. Deshaun Watson does his thing, drives down the field, and they're able to kick a field goal and win the game. Yep. Um, so that, that, that flag to me where the Bills' offense was going, they convert a third and nine, um, and then they get a 15-yard penalty or whatever it was. Yeah, 15-yard penalty for the blindside block. Mm-hmm. And and that killed him. And that just killed him. Yeah. So. Yep. One of the things that I thought was interesting is, so Mina Kimes and Bill Barnwell were talking about it, and I, I really agree. When Josh Allen this season has played, um, I mean, the probably under control is the best word, where he doesn't try and do a lot. Um, yeah, he plays great. He he does what he needs to. Do. He's a he can game manage okay. It's as soon right. as he tries to get out of the box and and do something extra, he makes a lot of dumb choices. So they talked about how when the Bills were up, he looked great. Everything was fine. Yeah. It was just game management. But as soon as the Texans took advantage back and, and did everything, he really struggled, and and that caused a lot of problems. Yeah, there were some plays where he just threw the ball up. Like yeah. he just didn't. He forgot he how to be. He was fortunate yeah. that none of them were picked. Well, he yeah, because he th- he got frazzled two plays in a row. I think they um they were up by like three points at the yeah. time, and mm-hmm. uh, this is in the fourth quarter, and they're basically within field goal range at this point. And and then yeah. Josh Allen goes back, and he yeah he does that weird little pass back and yeah loses yards and then the very next play yeah. he gets sacked again completely takes him out of out of field goal range so he just he just made some really you know rookie inexperienced kind of moves um so i think he just really kind of showed um that he he still needs some experience he needs some time but you know i think they've got a bright future though i i, I think he he played well um but he he's got a lot of ways to go for sure yep. yeah yeah so I do think Buffalo has found their franchise quarterback. I'll say that. Okay. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be in talks for a top five quarterback, but I, he makes plays with his legs. If he can learn to calm his nerves, he can make plays with his arm. Um, he just needs to be able to calm down and realize, like, hey, I don't need to make a play on every game. Like, I just need to trust that my p- – teammates are good enough that if i throw them the ball they're gonna catch it i don't need to make some crazy crazy throw because that's when he's making these like insane decisions and just throwing the ball up and like i don't know i it 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 scared me a little bit i'll say that yeah um but it's unfortunate but i do think the texans were the better team and i don't think i see the bills beating the Chiefs ever because I think the Chiefs are going to be able to put up more points than the, the Texans will okay. or were. Um, their defense is – I think the Chiefs defense and the Texans defense is pretty similar at this point. I think the Texans might have a slightly better um, defensive line, but I uh, Chris Jones I think is better. I love Chris Jones. Um, say, and then I'd argue – well. Yeah, it's hard to say because you have Chris Jones, you have Frank Clark. They just signed yeah. Terrell Suggs, who is going to be a Hall yeah, of Famer. Okay, you're right. I, I wasn't taking Terrell Suggs into account. Like I don't, I, 
I'm not. I didn't watch their last game as much. So I'm not sure. Well, yes, I did. That's a lie. Yeah, you did. I watched it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, Terrell Suggs. He 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 might even up that that defensive line. I think you're right. Well, and honestly, like they're young guys, Derek Naughty and Kalen Saunders. They are really uh-huh. really picking things up. So I think that a lot of people. In early on in the season, I would have 100% agreed with you. But now in the season, this defense, the Chiefs' defense is much improved. Um, but they all, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Right, you know what? Let's let's actually just jump to that game since we're already talking about the Texans and the Chiefs. And, uh-huh. um, we'll go back to the wild card. Um, so the Chiefs have a, are favored by 10 points right now. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. more than I would have guessed. I was shocked by yeah. that too, actually. Like, so in this game, I do have the Texans covering if it stays at ten. Yeah. But I definitely have the Chiefs winning this game. Yeah, um, I agree. Because at the end of the day, I just think the Chiefs are better. Um, I think. I think. Um, Duke Johnson might be better than Damian Williams. I'm not sure. But they, but the Chiefs also have McCoy and is Daryl Williams still out? Yeah. Um, and then I guess I do have Tarwin Thompson. I'm not sure how much he's going to see in the playoffs, but um, he did get a few touches towards the end of the season, so we'll see. Um, It'd be a cool time for him to break out. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. It would be sick to see DT just explode against the Texans. Yep. In the playoffs. Playoffs. But, yep. Um, so I, I do think if anything the running games are even, if not favored more towards the Chiefs. Um, and then Ty- Tyreek Hill, I mean, is better than Will Fuller, but DeAndre Hopkins is better than Sammy Watkins, obviously. Um, so like, it's pretty close there. But I do think at the end of the day, Mahomes is better than. Watson I think in terms of young quarterbacks Watson is the closest but Mm -hmm. I do think Mahomes has the edge there um and then in terms of defense like I said if anything I think the defenses are even if not favored towards the Chiefs um so I definitely think this game is going to be more of a shootout than any of the wild card games were I think this is going to be a relatively high scoring game Mm -hmm. um but I, I think that Chiefs are going to be able to put up more points and thus win the game. Yeah, I feel like it's really close. I mean, really, like going through matchups like that, it's I. I mean, yeah, I favor the Chiefs a little bit, but I really think it's going to be a good game. Do you know why I have the Chiefs winning by like five? Why five? Because the Chiefs have Andy Reid and the Texans have Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, I like, agree with that. That's like Mahomes might add one point maybe a point and a half over Watson. But I think Andy Reid is just leaps and bounds better than Bill O'Brien. And uh, how do you say your offensive coordinator's last name? I, can, I can't ever remember how to say it. Eric Bienemy. Okay. Oh, Bienemy, yeah. yeah. Bienemy. Uh, he, he, he's really good. Like He's obviously getting talks for head coach positions. Um, it looks like it probably isn't going to happen this year unless he goes to the Browns, which... If I'm him, I'd rather stay the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs unless I really want to be a head coach. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's really good. So I think 
in terms of coaching, the Chiefs are just so much better than the Texans. I think Bill Bryant's made, I mean, his time management's terrible. Um, he made a really dumb challenge on a pass interference at the very beginning of the game that I just thought was dumb. Um, I think, I don't know. I just think I trust Andy Reid way more than I trust Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. So the the I'm I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm I'm picking KC for two reasons because I'm a KC fan and because I honestly think that they're the better team, and I think that they're going to pull this out. Um, the Chiefs and the Texans did play in Week Six, and it was a really right. good game. But it was a it's hard to compare that game to this game that we're going to see um, upcoming. Because in in week six, the Chiefs were missing Chris Jones, Eric Fisher on the offensive line, Sammy Watkins Oof. was out, and then Anthony Hitchens, who's been um, really essential to the linebacker core, he was out as well. Yeah. And then on top of that, Frank Clark had been dealing with a whole bunch of like back spasm injuries and like um, a bunch of stuff. And I really didn't think he had even like gelled with the defense quite yet. Exactly. I don't think Frank Clark really got into the groove until late into the season yeah. and i don't know if that was more towards injury or if he just kind of had to get used to the scheme or what but i really do think at the end of the season he became a much bigger part of that defense yes yes every all the whole defense started gelling more but yeah frank clark definitely i, th- I he started breaking out more later yeah. towards the towards the end of the season um and then um tyreek hill came back from his collarbone injury and this was the first game that he was back and he was yeah. literally playing like 50% of the snaps that he normally does. So yeah, so he was in this game and he still made an impact on this game and he but did, he yeah. wasn't heavily featured in their offense like he will be this Sunday. Right. Or yeah. They play Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, they play Sunday. Okay. And then Mahomes was hobbled back then. Um, he got hobbled in the Indianapolis game, and he re-aggravated it in this game. So he was, like, throwing off his back leg weird. He just didn't quite look right. So the Chiefs weren't on top of their game, and they almost pulled it out. Like, they they struggled pretty yeah. hard, and they and they still almost pulled it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I didn't even bring that game up because I I think the two games it's 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 a completely different team yeah. now versus then. Yeah. I. I don't think you can say the same about the Texans. Like, I, I mean, Bill Fuller will probably be back, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. And like, when when you're trying to like push yourself to beat the defensive backs, like, I think being a hundred percent is pretty huge. I don't know. I've never played football in an, at an elite level, so I can't speak on that. But I'd have to assume to where like the amount you have to push yourself to like run as fast as you can. I think if you're hurt, like it's a lot harder to do that and it's a lot more painful. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do it. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe with as much painkillers as they have, he doesn't even notice, but well, and then with, um, with Houston, I, I feel like it's actually the opposite of week six. Like the chiefs are healthy this time and Houston is more uh-huh. banged up. That's true. And that's true. They just came back from a game where they were playing in overtime, and the defense played a lot of snaps. Uh, yeah. So true. they're banged up. They're going to be tired. Um, and I believe, yeah, it was Watson got sacked seven times um, yeah. against the Bills. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's too many times. And I believe the Chiefs have elite pass rushers as well. And I think that yeah. they're going to tear up that line. And I think that Watson's going to be on the run a lot, and they're going to disrupt that. So as long as the cornerbacks and all of that don't you know, give up too many big plays, I, I think the Chiefs pull it up. 
Yeah, and I think I think the big thing is, like I said, the Chiefs' offense is going to be able to outshoot the Texans' offense. Um, so even if the defense does falter a little bit, Mahomes is going to be able to like be like, "No, it's it's all right, guys. I got this one. Like you'll get them next time." But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 seeing like in my head like this is like a forty to thirty three game for the Chiefs. Maybe forty thirty five. I don't have it quite that high scoring, but I, I do think it'll be it'll be a, a shootout, a little bit more of a shootout. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think it's just so weird. I don't. Do you do you enjoy like defensive battles? Like I loved this wild card weekend, even though they weren't high scoring games. Like I love like where it's like heavily defense and slow moving and not a lot of points i don't know oh yeah no i i'm all defensive i i love the defensive side of the ball and so i'm i'm with you there yeah so okay so yeah like the texans will put up a fight in this game but the chiefs have this one they they are only going to lose to the ravens i think um i think they'll win any other game they play um I, oh, I want to see how the Ravens do this weekend before I say really predict that matchup. But yeah, I do think the Chiefs win this one, and I do think I do think they at least are very, very, very competitive with the Ravens. Um, um. So okay, going back to this weekend, another game that I loved for so many reasons was the Titans beat the Patriots 20 to 13 and that 20 is a little bit deceiving because Brady threw a pick six on his last throw of the game um and then the reason it's it's not 21 is because they went for two to try and ice the game um it was weird to me like we'll we'll get to what happened during the game but at the very end of this game they score that pick six with something like it was like eight seconds, I nine. Think. Yeah. Nine, nine seconds. Like something like that. Um, and, um, which some might say, like, if you have nine seconds left, which I guess there was more like 15 seconds, but you'd rather be at the 20 yard line where you're going to get, or 25 yard line rather when you get a fair catch rather than, um, where they were pinned to the one. Like that was huge. Oh yeah. Like that punt by, Oh my God. No, I told myself I wasn't going to forget his name. I'm going to – sorry, I got to look it up. I got to shout this guy out. Oh, you forgot uh, Kern? Yeah, dude. I, I would never um, forget his name. I definitely didn't just Google What's his first it. name? <laughs> Brett Kern? Yeah, Brett Kern, not just Brett B. Kern. Kern. Um, Brett Kern. They, so um, the Titans – go or up by 14 but at half zero points are scored before before this pick six between then and now it's a huge defensive game where derrick henry is running all over the field but the titans aren't able to put it in the end zone um the titans try and ice the game they don't get it um so their punter goes and they pin him to the one which brady is amazing but 15 seconds down by six pinned to your one. Mm-hmm. 15 seconds Even down with by Brady, one. Even with Brady, you're yeah, – yeah. Yeah, it was, I think they got the ball with 
they might have had a little bit more time. It might have been like 20 seconds when they really first got it, yeah. but he barely had any time down by six on their one. I doubt their statistical probability of winning that game is over 0.5%, even with Tom Brady. Yep. Um, but um, so the big thing in this game was Derrick Henry was a beast. Um, he just trucked people, and when they needed to make him to make a play, he made the play. Um, he had 180 yards, something like that. Like, I think it was 182 yards. 182, yep. Yeah. Uh, so he had 182 yards, which I I really wonder how many of those were after contact. Um, but he was huge in this game. Tannehill kind of was just along for the ride. He had about 72 passing yards and made a couple big plays, but it was mostly the Derrick Henry show and the Titans defense stepped up big. Um. If you would have told me before the game that the end of this score or the end of the game that it was, you know, 20 to 13 and that Tannehill passed for 75 yards and that Brady passed for 209 yards, uh-huh. like who would you think would have won that game? Like thinking, oh, you know, the yeah, Patriots, oh, sure. they're a defensive battle, like they got this. No, no, no. Like the Titans, they they dominated this game in, in so many different aspects. And it, and it should Belichick have been. Belichick. Yes. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that, was that was huge. Amazing. So, so, so Dave, you, you might be able to to talk about that better than I would. Um, so if you want to, I know you wanted to talk about that with the, the, the penalties and the icing of the. So Mike Vrabel, just, just genius. He, uh, you know, he was, he played under Belichick for a while, so he's familiar with his tricks. Um, right. So he used one of, one of Belichick's tricks that he used this earlier this year um, against him um, to run off the clock. Well, so, so, sorry, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's huge. Belichick did this in a game where they were up something disgusting, like 20 to 6 to 0 30, on the Jets. 33 yeah. to nothing on the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. 33 to nothing. He'd already scored another touchdown after they were. So 33 to nothing over the Jets. And he shows this amazing play. For no reason other than to be like, look at me, I'm Bill Belichick. Yeah. And then after the game, talks about how it's a bad loophole and they need to fix it. Yeah, they need to fix this over the offseason. Yeah, over the offseason. And it's like, great, but you might could have used that. Like, they wouldn't have been able to use it this year. (laughs) But (laughs) I doubt anybody else had that on their radar. Yeah. but anyway, so I I think the fact of that Bill about Belichick even showed this when he did, yeah. I think that's the even funnier part of this. But anyways, so he stole it from Rabel stole Bill Belichick's play. Go ahead. Yeah. So if when you have over five minutes, basically what you can do is you can let the play clock play clock run down the forty seconds, and you can let um, the intentional delay of game happen basically. And because the clock was running, um, they'll reset the clock, and then they'll let the 40-second um, play clock go in again. And then you'll have one of your offensive linemen do like an, an intentional uh, false start, <laughs> which was which was hilarious. Which was so bad. He 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 sold it, but not not well at all. He's not. <laughs> He's not acting next year in Hollywood. Like he did like the obvious like jump backwards, but it was like so like the oh my gosh, this was totally on purpose mm-hmm. rather than like the oh my gosh, I accidentally jumped. But that's what made it funnier. It was it was like this so obvious like oops, I did a false start. What are you going to do? Yeah, they just uh, yeah, ridiculous. But 
the rule allows it right now, the, the way that it's written. So then they again reset the forty um, the forty second play clock and let it go again. So I believe Vrabel was well, able. And then to... he he had another delay of game because they at like five minutes twelve seconds and they were able to run it that forty seconds down to like four thirty. Yep. And what's huge, and I don't know if they highlighted this as much. But if you have two delay of games in a row, it's unsportsmanlike conduct or something like that, and you get the 15 yards, and it'll stop the clock. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that Bill Belichick had it in his plays to go delay of game, false start, delay oh, yeah. of game. He knew the delay of game, but I don't know if he like had quite put together, or at least he didn't show that he knew, because he was really – you saw him on the sideline, which was the funniest part. He showed everyone that this loophole existed, and then it's on the sideline – Yelling at the ref like this shouldn't be allowed. Going bananas, just you know, just swearing up a storm at the refs, and he used it earlier. It's just beautiful. And so the thing I heard about the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct is that the rule is is that if you're purposely trying to commit multiple penalties in the same down to try and run the clock, then that's unsportsmanlike conduct. But or in the same play, sorry. But technically it's not the same play because it's the new play. And that's where the play clock starts over because of the false start. And so it's like, Oh yeah, exactly. So it's like, there's a false start. And so if they were to have like everybody false start, it kind of changes it. But if it's just one guy and then it goes back and it's a new play and then it's a new play, technically that doesn't fit the description. I mean, unsportsmanlike conduct is up for interpretation, but I love that. It's like, Right there along the line, it's perfect. It's like the yeah. exact thing for Belichick. The fact that uh, Bill Belichick... So people have argued that he's not a Bill Belichick protege, but he did play 90% of his career under like, Bill Belichick. And I think you gain just as much knowledge as a player as you do as a, as a coach under him, if not more. Yeah. Like I, like we've seen... I, I, I just think people who play, play under Bill Belichick learn so much more than somebody who's coached by Freddie Kitchens. Like, it's just yep. not even fair that they're playing the same game together because yep. the things they're learning is not even close to what Freddie Kitchens can provide, which I guess is why he got fired. Um, but, yeah. So, 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 in essence, Mike Vrabel wasted, what, a minute and a half in yeah, what should have like been minute, 40 seconds? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was just short of two minutes. Yep. Which was amazing. Um, loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um, Patriots lose. It's people are wondering if Brady's last play for the Patriots will be a pick six. Oh, I didn't even get to finish that. Um, the Titans kicked the ball off to them in the very le- end of the game with nine seconds left, and the guy caught it at like the thirties or something like that, and he tried to run it back in like not even like tried to see if something was open and then went down. Like you'll see that a couple of times where if like you have someone like we'll talk about later, Deontay Harris for the saints who can, or like um, Devin Hester in ages past where like in every single play they can bust a run. Like I see giving them an opportunity to see if it runs there. And if not, they go down. But I think I would rather, I would coach my player, Get that ball, kneel the ball. I'd rather have Brady have nine seconds than you have nine seconds. If we're going to have a hook and ladder play, Brady can do that and he can get two downs done before we need to run a hook and ladder play. Plus, the the hook and ladder play he tried to run was terrible. Mm-hmm. 
Like it, it was almost twenty six to thirteen at the end, of the end of this game. That was, it was that bad. But whatever, Bill Belichick is better than me. So if he thinks running it back is the better play, it's probably the better play. Um, I just that's not how I would have done it. Even with Brady struggling, I I, I would rather play, have Brady than some special teams schmuck running the ball back. Yeah, those plays rarely work. Yeah. So, like, just because Miami did it to you last year and crushed your hopes, like, doesn't mean you guys can do it. Like, uh, I honestly think Miami practiced this, the hook and liner play way more than any other team, it feels like, because they're better than any other team at it. But maybe they just, it's the players they have. I don't know. Um, But I guess like, we can talk about it now, like, so, do you, what do you think Brady does from here? Do you think he retires? Do you think he goes and plays for another team for a couple of years, or do you think the Patriots keep him on? I, I, he's still going to play from okay. from his uh, exit interview or the post game um, interview. He definitely indicated that he's not done playing as long as somebody wants to to sign him. Uh, right, and I honestly and somebody is going to. Yeah, I honestly yeah, think somebody. that. As much as I don't like the guy, um, mostly just because of how good and how dominant they were yeah. so long. Yeah, um, it's like Kobe Bryant. Exactly, like, that's who I thought of. I, yeah, I, 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 Kobe Bryant might not be a good person. I don't know, but I hate him because he killed the Jazz every single year. Every single year, if the Lakers were playing the Jazz, I had to see Kobe Bryant just all over them mm-hmm. for forty-five minutes. Yep. Yeah, or however long a basketball game is. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's the exact same way with Brady. So as much as yeah. I don't like the guy, like, he actually wasn't the reason the Patriots lost that game. Um, no, not at all. He, he didn't but have I, the I weapons do think... around him that he needed to, to really, really succeed. But that's kind of Brady's thing, though, isn't it? Like, all his career has been talked about why Brady's the GOAT is because he's done less with more, or more with less, sorry. Like, he's... He's never had great weapons, like other than Randy Moss. That, like, other than that, like, but that 2007 was like an, roster. Yeah, that was an incredible season. Yeah, like he, his best player every year has been Gronk. Yeah, for five years, however many Gronk years Gronk has played for them. But he's like he's lost all weapons, though. I mean, he he has nobody to throw to. Look at the look at the people that he's throwing to. Nikhil Harry, yeah, I, they they signed Muhammad Sanu, or they traded a second round pick for yeah, Muhammad Sanu, for who got like uh, two hundred and eighteen yards out of nine games. So like, so my my favorite stat is the it was the the Falcons were something like two and. Yeah. Five or two and seven when they traded to new and they went six and zero oh or something like that afterwards. The Patriots were like nine and zero oh at that point and went like three for three or something like that or yep. two for six or something. I I don't know. How to, yeah, it was, apparently it's he's like, not. To new is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so so Sanu's my take on, with Brady is I think the Patriots will want Brady back. Um, I think. He is the best option for the Patriots, but I think the best option for him is to leave. I don't yeah. know where to go, but I think for him, he should leave. If he's an organization guy, if he's a Belichick guy, I get that stick around. But I think sure. he, if he wants to show something, he can go somewhere else. I I, 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 I just don't think he should take a pay cut if he stays at the Patriots. Okay. 
Like, if if you stay at the Patriots, fine, but you're not being paid twenty three, twenty three million, whatever he's getting paid this year. Yeah. Like, you're giving me like a thirty three million dollar contract. Yeah. To play another year, and I just don't think the Patriots are going to play him, pay him that much. Yep. So that's fair. Um, even like worst case scenario, if all of a sudden all teams were like, I don't think he's good enough to be a starter in the NFL. It's not going to happen. But even if it was, there's got to be some team out there like the Saints who are going to be like, okay, on key third downs or maybe when there's two-minute drill, we're just going to put in Tom Brady. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just think there's some coach out there that can make a use of Tom Brady, um, even if he wasn't a starter, which he will be. No, he'll be be a starter. If I – a lot of places that they've talked about, um, one of the places uh, that I've heard a lot is the Chargers. Um, and I yeah, think the reason that. that that makes sense is because L.A. needs to sell some tickets. Buttons, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's L.A. Um, yeah. I, I believe that they, um, Tom and Giselle, sold their house in like New England. Um, yeah, I could see and, them wanting to live in. Yeah, LA, why would you so. not want to? Yeah, go, move out to L.A. if you've. You know, I mean, it, it would be probably enough to get me to go to a Chargers game next year. I'm definitely going to a Pat- or a Rams game in that new stadium. I might go to a Chargers game if Brady's playing for them. And then you've got you know Eckler, you've Especially, got Gordon, you've got yeah. Keenan Allen, you've got weapons around him. So like, yeah. if you, I think that you can't think of Tom Brady the same way that we thought of Tom Brady. 10, five years ago, we need right. to think of Tom Brady as an aging Tom Brady where he can still play, but you need to surround him by a good line and by some good weapons. And yeah, he, he it's can, like Peyton Manning towards exactly. the end. It's like, he's clearly not as good as he once was, but he's still good enough to start. And what you get is the chargers are drafting a quarterback this year. If they don't, I, I have more doubts about the organization than I thought I did. Um, but they're drafting a quarterback this year. I don't know a better quarterback to learn under than Tom Brady. Exactly. Tom Brady has probably the best diet and workout regimen in the league. He's been taking care of his body since he like got into the league and probably before he was in the league better than most any other player. He's the most clutch guy I've ever seen in the NFL. He has so many years of experience and has years with Bill Belichick to the point where any – like. What I'm really hoping is that Jordan Love falls toward, towards the second round to the Chargers and the Chargers pick up Tom Brady. I think that would be the ultimate best situation for Jordan Love. Oh, I'd totally feel agree. bad for the Chiefs I'd love because it. all of a sudden the yep. Chargers are going to have a, an elite quarterback. Yep. Um, but other than that, I do think that would be the ultimate or like thing for Jordan Love. I, I welcome the competition. And frankly, I think that um, something yeah like that for Jordan Love would be really, really good for him. I think if you throw him as a starter day one, he's going to struggle. But if you if you grow him and you – like if you yeah do what Patrick Mahomes did under Alex Smith, Alex Smith wouldn't have been the same quarterback if he would have been thrown out day one. He learned a lot right. from Alex Smith about work ethic yeah. and about protecting the ball and a lot of really, really key things. So, yeah, I definitely agree. If you get somebody – Yeah, I think teams are going to follow that model a lot more <laughs> – I think we're going to see that a lot more where players like we saw it like with Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones, where they came out in like the sixth week, Dwayne Haskins is being labeled as a bust. Like he's, he's only had like six starts and he's being labeled as a bust with a, I mean, who, who are his weapons in Washington? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I, 
where you would get drafted matters, I guess. And so you and by the way, you say you welcome competition, but just wait until all of a sudden the Raiders and the Chargers are good in the same year and you're the only team with a winning record and you're not in the playoffs and you maybe you should have been. No, just kidding. Are we are we talking about the Chiefs or are we talking about the Rams? <laughs> And we'll talk about the rounds a little bit later. Uh, I'm ju- I'm just saying, you want your your division to be good until it t- keeps you out of the playoffs because all of a sudden you have two teams that are in the divisional round of the playoffs. In Mahomes, I trust, and that yeah, yeah, that's true. I definitely trust Mahomes way more than I trust Jared Goff. Um, but uh, I. I was ready to make this hot take that, and then all of a sudden Colin Cowherd ruins it again. Um, People are talking about how Brady might leave the Patriots and how uh, McDaniels might leave to coach another team. What about Bill Belichick? Does Bill Belichick really want to be in New England? I think at this point in the season, like the only place available is the Browns, and I don't see him going back to the Browns. No, but I no. mean, so so really, I'm I'm wondering if maybe Bill Belichick is gonna retire. I, can I don't see, see it, it yet. Go ahead, Mason. Oh, I'm just saying I don't see it yet. I think uh, I think it'll be a little while. Um, I think he retires with the Patriots too. Okay, I mean he is 72 years old. Yeah, I don't see him going anywhere else. I think that I, I think he's going to sink with the ship. But it's yeah, it, it's a definitely a possibility because it's, it, I believe if Tom Brady leaves, yeah, and McDaniel's leaves, and that's the thing is he's left is, with like an empty house and like a really really like oh man, I've got to build from scratch here. Yeah, his offense needs to be completely revamped. Yeah, like their de- their defense their, is good, but their offense their defense is good, but they might not be able to. Pay all of their players on defense, right. and also get all of the free because they're not going to be able to fix everything on their offense with just the draft. Like they're really good at drafting; they're probably the best team in the draft. But it's still pretty close to fifty-fifty on good to bad players. Yeah, and you you can't so they can't rebuild without free agents. And I don't know, like that's a lot of work for a seventy-two-year-old. Yeah, I think it would take probably too much time than he's willing to get. So, uh, yeah, I, I see some validity to it, but um, I don't know. I, maybe not this year. I think maybe he sticks it out another, but I may another yeah. too. But. Yeah, I don't know. I I do think with how this season ends, he wants one more season. But I think if Brady leaves, Josh McDaniels leaves – he's going to take a serious consideration of leaving and retiring. Yeah. Yeah. I think he should um, if they do. But anyways, probably don't want to talk about the Patriots very much more. Um, Saints Vikings was the biggest. Loved it. Upset. I thought seven and a half points was too much to give the Vikings. But at the same time, I also thought the chiefs were going to be able to beat them and like, beat them convincingly like i thought they were gonna look like the clearly superior team where they were gonna be like look we probably should have gotten that number two spot instead of the packers but they got some 
they had two wins. I don't I don't remember if I talked about this last week on the podcast. The Packers this year beat the Lions twice. They led the Lions for exactly zero seconds all year. Oh man. Zero seconds. They got two last minute game winning field goals. Remember that one of those last minute game winning field goals came after not one, but two imaginary uh, legal hands to the face penalties. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought like the saints were going to come out and make a statement. Like we should have been the number two team and they fell flat. Taysom Hill looked like the best player on the saints Weird for most of this game. Like, and it's weird. Like, Breeze through this r- r- random 50-yard pass until double coverage right after Taysom Hill threw a 53-yard bomb into what became double coverage. But, I, like, the difference was the player was open by 10 <laughs> yards, and even though Taysom Hill severely underthrew the ball. Yeah. Like, that should have been a clear touchdown, but he severely underthrew the ball, which, uh, I mean, BYU's always been great at the – the Hail Mary. So I, I thought he'd be at least good at that. But, um, but the uh, breeze's throw was really questionable. Like it was into close, tight double coverage. And like, part of me was like, are you trying to prove something uh, like that? You're better than Taysom Hill. Or did you really just see it was open and, and you made a bad throw? Cause like, I'm really, I'm really wondering if part of it was like, he just saw Taysom Hill do that. And he's like, I want to prove that I'm better. Or at least like, Hey, I can still do that. And then he threw a bad pass or maybe he just threw a bad pass. So one thing that I loved about this game that has very little to do with the actual game was, uh, so the jazz were in new Orleans because they Uh played the Pelicans the next night. And so the jazz Uh players went to that game. Okay. But my favorite thing was Joe Ingles was cheering for the Vikings just to piss off the fans around him. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's just the perfect Joe Ingles. He's just like, yeah, I don't really care Joe about Ingles. football, but these guys are all cheering for the Saints. So Minnesota, Minnesota. If you listen to our podcast and you're not a jingling Joe Ingles fan. Oh, beautiful. You, you need to be. He's amazing. I love that guy. And especially when he's just, trolling Saints fans. Always yeah, my favorite thing. Yeah, he's he's just the biggest troll, but also a great player. Yeah. So, like, he's, it's really fun. Um, anyways, back to football. Um, Dalvin Cook was, I mean, just as good as, like, I've talked about how I think he's potentially the best running back in the league. I do think he's probably behind Saquon Barkley, but with his offensive line, he might be. Like he might, like if you take the running back plus the offensive line, Dalvin Cook plus his offensive line, might it's probably better than Barkley plus his offensive line. And honestly, the offensive line makes a huge impact on running. Um, oh yeah. So also, I think Th- Thielen made Cousins look way better than he was. Like Thielen made some amazing like diving catches because. Cousins through some randomly like inaccurate ball and like feeling like made some like diving catch. I thought he was making catches all day, but he was never like in stride. He was always making a play to catch the ball. And I don't know, maybe the coverage was just that tight that 
Cousins was making these amazing throws that only Thielen could catch, but that's not what I was saying. I was saying that he was making inaccurate throws and Thielen was making huge plays catching those balls. I don't know. I still think that you've been sleeping on Cousins all year. and I th- I agree. And I, I agree. I, I have given Cousins flack, way too much flack. He looked great in a game in primetime. Anybody who who said that he can't play in primetime has been proven wrong, me included. I was going to say, how, how are you still bagging on him and saying that he's and feeling is but, making him look better? But, Did you watch some of the plays that he made? Because he won this game. He did. He he did. I will say that he did win this game. But if you watch the game again, what feeling like five of his catches are like diving catches that should not have been catches where he had to make a play to catch the ball. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is the is a top ten quarterback or a top five quarterback. He but Kirk but Kirk Cousins is a top ten quarterback and he. I don't. Th- I still don't think proving himself. And this this game, this game, he proved himself. He finally oh, showed that he can make some big time throws because he he made some huge throws when he needed to. Like he showed that he was clutch. He showed, hey guys, that contract that you gave me, it's actually worth something. All the that people have been giving him all year for that contract. This is where he needed to prove it, and he did. Who who. Who guessed that the Saints would win this game? Everybody. 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 Me included. I wrote them. I, I wrote the Vikings off so quickly, and this is. Did you game. did you listen to my last week podcast? I said, Saints win. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. Like it's not even going to be a close. I know. That's. I thought the exact same thing, but like. I woke up, like, and I think that you should too. Like, listen, Kirk Cousins is not fantastic, but you need to start giving him a little bit more respect. I am. He's a top 15 quarterback. I think that's as much respect as he's earned. If he can replicate this performance against the 49ers, I will come out win or lose. Win or lose. If he comes out and is a great quarterback next week, I will give him props. But I don't see it happening. Um, like I, I think some of that Saints secondary, I don't know. Maybe I'm just really sleeping on Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I'll watch him closer in the 49ers game, but I really did think the Saints defense wasn't playing as well as they have this year. Maybe, maybe I was just sleeping on Kirk Cousins and he was making more plays than I could realize. I'll watch him closer, but I really don't think I, I think. I'll I'll make a list also before next week to tell you who I think my top ten quarterbacks are, because I mean there's going to be only so much to talk about next week. Um, but I don't think he's in my top ten, um, even after this game, and definitely probably after the Forty ers game, because uh, I think the Forty ers with their f- fantastic defensive line are going to be able to put a lot more pressure on sl- Cousins and slow down Cook, so. What I think is going to be key in this game is Adam Thielen against Sherman. Like, if Thielen can show up in this game and put up as many yards as he did in this last one, the 49ers will probably... I mean, the the Vikings will probably be competitive in this game. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Sherman's going to be able to slow Thielen down. The defensive line is going to get to Kirk Cousins a little bit more um, and make him, maybe make him... make some of those throws he's known to make um 
and Dalvin Cook probably doesn't have his big game. I don't know. It's just how I see it. I think the 49ers defense, especially their defensive line, is a little bit more stout than the Saints line. But we'll see. Dalvin Cook is really good. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, you're right. you're right, though. The 49ers do have a really, really strong defense, and they've been struggling with injury in there, finally getting back to full health. D Ford is, is coming back this game. He hasn't been playing yeah. the last couple of games. Um, and he's and I think that's big. It is big. He's a he was a big pass, uh, strong pass rusher. Um, and yeah. he was doing really well this season when he's not injured. But that's his problem is he gets injured uh, or he's had injury problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think D Ford was good 99% of last year. I think other than like maybe exactly one play last year, I think D Ford was pretty dang good. Oh, so you want to bring up old wounds like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I do. Let's talk about the Rams. Then. Just, we'll, we're, we'll get. I, I, I do have them on the docket. They will be talked about later. Yeah. You can talk. You can sh- talk the Rams all you want once we get there. But we're not talking about the Rams right now. Um, I just also I, 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 I meant to bring this up earlier, but Thornhill is out for this game, right? I think that's huge. Thornhill is on Thornhill has stepped at the hell up. Reserve, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, like. He's been huge for your secondary. With Matthew and Thornhill, I would argue those are the two best safeties in the NFL. Um, I would, I would, I would have a hard time coming up with a. I would, yeah, I would have a hard time arguing that. He he played like and we didn't have a first round pick, and they basically yeah. got one out of Thornhill, and he, yeah, yeah, everybody, you know on the chief the chiefs defensive like their cornerbacks and all of that and he stepped in and basically was like no no no, we don't need cornerbacks our cornerbacks are good i'll step in me and matthew got the top we just need some guys to kind of cover the middle a little bit yeah. and and they've really really stepped up so that was a huge huge loss uh for the playoffs um i do think they can overcome it but yeah it, it was a big big time loss yeah yeah that's that's huge um so we'll see how much that plays. I still do think I still do have the Chiefs favored, um, but I do think that plays a f- factor in that game if it's a, sh- a shootout. Um, so this is this, this is Garoppolo's first playoff game, right? He didn't play in one last year. He was injured. They didn't go to the playoffs last year. What am I talking about? Um, he definitely didn't play in the playoffs for the Ch- Patriots. Um, so yeah, this is Garoppolo's first playoff game which is always a factor like yeah i i garoppolo isn't one that i've like worried about his nerves as much but you always do need to worry about that and the the thing with i mean he's not quite young any as much anymore but still with a young quarterback who's like in the his first playoff game i think the biggest thing is they feel this need to make a huge play like they need to make a game winning play yeah and so sometimes they make some throws that they wouldn't have made during the regular season because they want to make that play. So I, I'll be watching for that. Um, I'm not as worried with Garoppolo as some as as I would with some of the other rookie quarterbacks. I realize he's not really a rookie, but he's barely played any game. So I still don't think he's played 16 games. Well, other than before this year, he hasn't played 16 games. So it's basically his rookie year. Um. But I do have the 49ers winning this game. 
I do think seven points is too many points to give the 49ers. I'm sh- I'll be shocked if it isn't lower by the time the game starts. If it is, I do think people are sleeping on the Vikings after that Saints game because I don't think, or maybe people just don't think the Saints are do- as dominant as I think they are. Or maybe the Saints really weren't as good as I thought they were. Or maybe Breeze is just old and he was tired and it was the end of the season and he just isn't as good as he was during the beginning of the season. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do agree, though. I think the 49ers do pull it off, but I think it'll be a little bit closer than people expect. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the, the Vikings will be in this game unless Kirk Cousins chokes. Like, at this point, I'm not calling for that. I don't think that's going to happen, but it might. But again... The same thing could happen to Garoppolo. It is his first playoff game. He could choke. So just something to watch. I think he's got just as much to prove as Kirk Cousins does. A hundred percent. He was hyped. He was super hyped all throughout his, um, I guess not his rookie year, but his sophomore year when he was traded, he gets injured. He starts off his career like 12-0 for the 49ers or something like that. Um like he has so much hype behind him. Like he had, and then that all of a sudden people are like, he's not really that good as just the 49ers are good. And as Kyle Shanahan's good. And I think he really does want to prove like, no, like guys, like please stop sleeping on me. I'm good. Um, please don't just blame me as a, just claim me as a system quarterback as you have so many other good quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, 49ers win that one. Uh, and then, the last unfortunate, the last wild card game, the Seahawks beat the Eagles seventeen to nine. Unfortunately, early in this game, Javian Clowney oh, yeah. made. I don't think it was a dirty hit, but it was definitely a nasty hit. It, yeah, on Carson Wentz, and like he hits him in the back of the head, and he like slams his head in the ground. He goes out of the game. Um, apparently it's a pretty severe injury from the, some of the reports I was seeing. Um, he looked pretty out of it. He looked dazed after that on the sidelines. It's weird that he played a couple plays after. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd think they would have seen that hit and been like, Hey, let's check on it. Yeah. It was weird. I think I do think it came into the fact account where it was like, this is the playoffs we don't want to pull him and then him be cleared and then there'd be some controversy where or what have you like we want to make sure and then after a couple of plays they're like okay yeah we need to take a look at him like well get him out. in real time it didn't look oh yeah that's true quite as bad and then you watch it on replay and then you kind of see oh it's actually helmet to helmet and he gets hit hard into the ground yeah and it kind of like it makes you kind of see it more, um, the severity of it. So I think that kind of plays a factor of it too. They may not have seen it for a couple of plays and they're like, Oh wait, he really does need some, some help. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Slowed down. It looked a lot more severe than it did initially. Um, Mm. McCown kept the Eagles in this game. Now I don't know how much of that was just, the Seahawks kind of being like, okay, Wentz is out. Like, we got a free win here. Maybe they weren't – I don't know. I just don't want to say, like, with Wentz, 100% they win this game. Like, he's worth eight points. Mm-hmm. 
but they're definitely way more competitive in this game with Wentz. Like, oh, he's sure. definitely better than McCown. Like, there's a reason McCown's played for 10 different teams. Um, I think he's really good to have as a backup. I think he, he's a veteran who knows a lot and can teach a quarterback a lot and can step in for, like, a, a regular season game where he's going to be better than nothing. But, like, I don't want him starting a playoff game. Um, but, you know, being the, the the Eagles, you just had to have that. It's a backup quarterback for the Eagles. Maybe he can lead them to a playoff win, and maybe he can lead them to another Super Bowl. And it's like, mm, not this year. They're, they're too banged up, and the rest of their team isn't as good as it was that 2016 team, I think. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Something like that. 2015-2016. Um, it's really unfortunate because I do think this game would have been really close with Wentz playing. Um, yeah, definitely. But And it would have been a really good game, but we were kind of cheated out of a game again with Wentz. It's unfortunate for any Eagles fans out there, Logan. Yeah, um, sucks. Especially, like, it's like you have all of these talks about, oh, Wentz is so injury-prone, and then it's like, Hey, he made it for 16 games. Like, shut up. Yeah, and, and then this is one that, playoff game. He gets knocked out first quarter. Yeah, this type of game, like that type of injury, that's not him just like being no. weak. Like, you put any quarterback in that tackle, and they're done. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. not that's not and on him. It was a rough hit. Like. Like helmet to helmet on one side, and then he just goes immediately face first into the dirt mm-hmm. and just like bounces off, and it like <laughs> looked rough. So, um, the the Seahawks do move on to play the Packers. Um, the Packers are favored by four. I think that's pretty fair. Um, the Packers really lucked out that the Vikings upset the Saints. Yeah. Because if it had gotten predicted, they would be playing the Saints this week. And I I mean, maybe, again, maybe I'm just sleeping on the Vikings. But I would way rather play the Vikings than play the Saints. Um, even after what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But. I do think the Packers are able to beat the Seahawks. Um, I might have a different story if Carson was playing. And is it as f- as as much as I love Marshawn Lynch, and as as amazing as it was to watch that five yard touchdown run, it just like the vintage Marshawn Lynch where there's like him and then there's three players, and it's like, oh, he's not gonna get there. He's gonna get stopped at the three. And then all of a he sudden he's in the end zone and you're just like crazy. How did you carry like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But it, he, like, again, like 90 to 95 yards of the field. I'd rather have Carson. Um, I don't know. Lynch is good. Uh, if you want to punch it, you know, yeah. on the five ten. you know, if you're, you're, you got first and goal or you got, you know, yeah. Yeah, if you're on the one, there's almost nobody I'd rather give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. I would give the ball to anybody other than Marshawn Lynch if I had the ball on the one. <laughs> probably ever. wouldn't do a pass play either. No, I'd probably not do a pass play ever. 
ever. Ever, 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 ever. Oh, my God. The Patriots. <laughs> Our buddy Thomas texted us this week and said, the best thing is now knowing the Patriots have no shot of winning the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a because good every year it's like, even if the Patriots have like a 9-7 and seven season, which I don't think they've had, but even if they had a 9-7 and seven season and are in the playoffs, you're like, it's still the Patriots. Like you still have to worry about them winning. And so once they're out, it's like, Oh good. You can, you can finally talk about Ravens versus chiefs instead of having to be like, well, what about the Patriots? It's like, well, they got knocked out. So, well, the best part about that is it's almost like the changing of the guard too, because the, the AFC since 2003 has only seen four quarterbacks win. And it's Brady Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and once Joe Flacco. But (laughs) but yeah, you take out... Yeah, so this is the second time since 2003 Mm. that somebody other than Joe Flacco uh, and Brady Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning is in the AFC, is going to win the AFC championship. It's crazy, and I love it. That is crazy, but the fact that Joe Flacco is among the four (laughs) kind of deflates it a little bit. in there. Um, but yeah, that is crazy that none of them are in this year. Um, like Brady and Breeze were both knocked out in the first round. Roethlisberger didn't even make it. And Flacco didn't even start week 16 or 17 or 15. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. He got injured, but yeah. I don't care. Didn't play. Not. It's <laughs> honestly true. I mean, it wasn't like. an improvement. Yeah. I mean, you saw what they did in that game against the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm excited to watch Drew Locke progress. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to overhype him at this point. I think we saw, um, like, I don't want to get do Minshew mania and then realize, like, okay, Minshew's all right, but he's not, like, franchise quarterback worthy yet. He better be. Um, I love Minshew. I would love it so much. I want I want him to be. Mm-hmm. I want him to be a great quarterback, but I just I haven't I didn't see it the last like five weeks. If if um, you're since I benched Foles. If you're familiar with the NBA, he reminds me of like Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity. Yeah. He's yeah, uh, yeah. Jeremy, the Jeremy Lin of the NFL is Gardner Minshew. Listen, if he if it's not a jazz player, there's like a ninety five percent chance I haven't heard of the player. But even I have heard of Linsanity. I almost feel like Fitzmagic is almost Linsanity. Except for, I don't think... Similar. A little bit. I don't think people take Ryan Fitzpatrick as seriously as Jeremy Lin. Like People thought Jeremy Lin is the next All-Star. Is maybe Jeremy Lin the next... LeBron James. Right. It's like that. Like people said that. That like month. People asked like, that this question. Guy incredible. Yeah. Like, is he the next LeBron James when LeBron James is still in the NBA and killing it? And like, it's like, mm, it's not that great. But um, yeah, yeah, that is a great, great example. Um, but um, so that's kind of. So, I guess did you did you say do you have the Packers winning this one? 
Um, I've got, yeah, I've got the Packers, but honestly, this, this game is probably the biggest coin flip of the week for me. Um, I think both of the teams have looked good at times and then they've looked really bad at times. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think this is the biggest coin flip. Like I, I, Russell Wilson has looked like he's been, you know, the, the MVP. Um, but then he's also, yeah. he had really, really, um, yeah, troubles with his offensive line and he's been sacked a bunch. Um, this year and without having um, Chris Carson it's just hard um, to yeah to rely on Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin to make all the big plays for you especially when um, Russell Wilson led their team in rushing yards last year with 45 yards oh wow yeah like I that's crazy to me like you tell me Lamar Jackson leads his team in rushing yards. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. He probably had over 100 yards, and usually he did. But, like, 45 yards, and he led the team in rushing. Crazy. Like, yeah. they really – like I, 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 don't yeah. I don't know. They don't have the running back. Their line is struggling. I think that Zadarius Smith and, like, Preston Smith on the Packers, I think they're going to have a heyday, and I think that they're going to – Yeah. Um, I think that's that's why I think they'll win. Um, but I think – Yeah, I think that's what gives them the edge is I think – the, as many questions as people might want to ask about the the Packers defense, I think they've shown up a lot more than the Seahawks have. I I did watch part of that um, 49ers game where the 49ers lit them up. Um, when the Packers defense is bad, it can be bad. And people have been able to stop the Packers offense. Yeah. But... I don't think the Seahawks defense is that good. So I think I think the Packers are probably going to win this game. But I don't know. I think the Seahawks can win this game if Russell Wilson has a big game and DK Metcalf um, has a big He was huge. He was huge last week. And if he has another big game, um, the Packers aren't good against the deep ball. Like you said, like they, you, no. you can get huge plays against the Packers. So yeah. if Wilson and DK Metcalf, and if they can get, you know, a couple weapons, um, I think they do have a shot, but yeah, I still think the Packers just have a slight edge. Yeah. I don't remember the exact stat, so I'm not going to try and say what it was, mm-hmm. but the Packers give up, a ton of explosive plays like they're i think they're bottom five at giving up big explosive plays um their defense also has been able to get a lot of sacks and force a lot of turnovers um but i don't know with russell wilson if that's as much of a factor as it would be against a different quarterback so I don't know. I do think the Packers are probably going to win this one, but I've, it's 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 a coin flip. I really I th- I think it should be like the Packers plus one, and, and the only reason they probably have plus four is because it's in Lambeau and they're the number two seed. Yeah. So. Um. So silly season has continued this week. Mm-hmm. Um. You can now begin to talk the Rams because Wade Phillips is not coming back to the Rams, which I am very sad about. Um, I loved Wade Phillips. I thought 
Wade Phillips was the first great decision that Sean McVay made when he came to the Rams. I think he's made a lot of great decisions, but I think that was like the first great decision he made. Um, you think Wade Phillips has been great? I don't. If if they're trying to blame this year on Wade Phillips, I think that's stupid. Yeah, like Wade Phillips cannot be blamed for how bad. Like, in really, besides four games. The Rams' defense was stellar. Held the, their t- offense, the other teams, to an average of like 13 points or 16 points, something like that. If you take out the Baltimore game, which Baltimore's really good, the 49ers games with the 49ers really good, and then the Buccaneers, and who's the other team that shit on us? Everyone. No, it was just one other team. Ah, it doesn't matter. There was four games where he got blown, like forty points plus scored on us. Um, but I, I just don't think that's blatant on Wade Phillips. There's been so many injuries on the defense and so much turnover in the secondary. Um, so if they're trying to blame this year on Wade, I think that's crazy. I, if there's if there was some kind of something they got between them, or there's some disagreement, or they want to change the scheme up, I guess I don't. I, you're not. I don't think they're switching to four three because they've been drafting so many three four players that it doesn't make sense to go to four three now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I I I don't know. I don't know who they're gonna get. So, I'm pitching it right now. It's never gonna happen. This is the dreamland of Alex, the dream defensive coordinator that the Rams could land in the off season. You guessed it. Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, that's totally happening. <laughs> no, totally gonna happen. <laughs> Never. But, it, it, you, but you're also in agreement that that would be the greatest move that the Rams could ever make, right? I mean, yeah, that's the dream. That would be a like, cool duo. I... He's never gonna do it, but again, dream. Like, if I had three wishes right now, I might find a way to fit that into the first one. Um, more likely they are going to hire Aubrey Pleasant, the cornerbacks coach. He's been really good. Um, there's been talks in the organization and apparently Aubrey Pleasant is the favorite. Well, there's a couple other people that might be up for it. Um, talks are that the Eagles aren't bringing Jim Schwartz back, I guess. I don't know why. I think he's been great. I would love to have Jim Schwartz at the Rams, so if the Eagles don't want him, I'll take him. Um, but if not, I, I do think Aubrey Pleasant would be great, and I think giving somebody an opportunity who's really young is something that Sean McVay might be willing to do. Um, so we'll see. The one thing that somebody mentioned on Twitter that, that, that as soon as I heard it, it, it kind of made this worse we let Marcus Peters go because he didn't fit Wade Phillips' scheme. He went to the Ravens, who he does fit their scheme, and he has looked stellar. Yeah. Um, I Did he get All-Pro, or was he, like, runner-up All-Pro? I, I think he got an All-Pro. I didn't see, maybe but it was, he deserved maybe it. it was the, maybe it was the flex, but I he got, he got All-Pro. Um, since being traded, he's played lights out. Yeah. So 
Like it just makes it that much worse if 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 now we could have gotten a defensive coordinator that could have worked with Marcus Peters, because it's not three four that Marcus Peters doesn't fit with. It's man versus zone that he didn't fit with. If we could get a defensive coordinator that can make him fit, Jalen Ramsey makes the Jalen Ramsey deal looks a lot worse. Because if we could have kept Marcus Peters instead of giving up two firsts for Jalen Ramsey, who's been decent, like yeah. we haven't heard his name much, so he must have been pretty good. He's right? been yeah, he's been middle of the sure. pack. Like he's been top like, middle. Yeah, he's okay. He had it. He had his first interception in like week sixteen, and his only interception. Um, but I I I think it's unfair to judge how good he's going to be in the defense in eight games. <laughs> Assuming he's coming back. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't come back, this is going to look really bad. Apparently, he's not going to fight if they do the fifth-year deal. So I think they can at least afford that. Oh, good. Um, I was going to say, if you if the Rams traded all of that just to see Ramsey walk away in free agency, that will be that will go down as one of the worst decisions in, like, NFL free agent history. Like... Yeah, so apparently the word that came out was that part of the deal that they made with getting Ramsey is Ramsey said, I will, if you guys don't extend me and only take my fifth year option next year, I will play all year. I won't fight. I won't hold out. I won't do anything. Like that was kind of like this agreement they had beforehand. So like they're, supposedly guaranteed another year with Ramsey whether they extend him or only use the fifth year deal and I don't think the fifth year deal for where he was drafted is super expensive um, that's good because you got yeah you're gonna be in cap hell for the next little while so people keep talking about cap hell and, and right now it does look like we are in cap hell I, I, I tweeted this. The only reason I'm not panicking yet is because we have Les Snead and Sean McVay. Like, if we had a worse organization, I'd be scared shitless because we have so many players that are going into free agency and so little cap space, and the contracts that we made have not paid off. Um when this off season is over, if the if it looks the same, then I'll start panicking. But I think Les Schneid will be able to maneuver things and and put up a good team for next year. Um, I think the Rams have shown that they're willing to make moves in free agency. Um, so I so I'll say this: we we have four huge players that you asked me about this week who we're going to leave. We have Brockers, we have Fowler, Littleton, and who's the fourth? I think I probably included Ramsey in that. Oh, I think you did include Ramsey. Yeah, you did include Ramsey. Fowler, Littleton, Brockers, and Ramsey. Okay. Okay, so yeah, the fourth one is Ramsey. We talked about him. So Fowler, Littleton, and Brockers. Um, I think you let brockers and fowler go in free agency um as much as i'd like to bring fowler back i think he's done really well for us this year i think a lot of defensive ends are going to look really good when they're playing off uh um opposite 
Aaron Donald. Like Aaron Donald takes so much pressure off you. Like if Dante Fowler is the number one defensive end on a team or the, the number one threat on defensive line on the team to the point where he's getting double teamed even half as much as Aaron Donald. I don't think he's a threat. Honestly, like I think he's easily handled if he's the number one threat on the defense. Like I think he really thrives off the fact that Aaron Donald is taking so much pressure off him. So I don't mind. I think there's a lot of defensive ends this year in the draft. I might be wrong, but I'm thinking there's a lot of defensive ends in this draft. Um, so I don't mind drafting anybody in, as a defensive end or going after some second-tier defensive end player who I think will be elevated by um, Fowler, or I mean by Donald. Um, Brockers, a lot of people don't like Brockers for some reason and think he's really bad. Um, And if you only watch pass plays, you might be right. I don't think he's really good at rushing the passer, but not a lot of players on the inside are good at rushing the passer. Like besides like a few elite players, like that's not normally what they're good. Like in interior defensive linemen are mostly there for the pass rush. Pass, uh, the pass rush. Rushing defense. Sorry, not pass rush. I, I can't say rush. Pass rush. Jesus. Um, but the the run defense, I mean, and Brockers is huge for a run defense. Um, but I don't think he's going to be worth the contract he's going to demand, and I think we can find somebody else to fit there. Um, oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to forget your name. Oh, no, I look like a terrible fan. Oh, no. Oh, Todd Gurley. <laughs> you, you got it. I couldn't think... Of Todd Gurley. Um, I guarantee Sebastian Joseph Day. That's who it is. Oh, that was the name you um, forgot? Oh, how do you forget that one? Tip of my tongue. And then there's there's a couple. Uh, Tanzel Smart has looked good this year as well. I'm not worried about Brockers leaving. Um, and then I pay Littleton. I think he's huge on our defense. I think he's going to be worth every single penny he's going to demand. Um, and I think he wants to stay in L.A. too. So um, I'd love to keep Littleton. I wouldn't mind losing Brockers and Fowler. As as much as I think they are huge parts of our defense, I think we can replace them. Whereas Littleton is going to be very hard to replace with as much cap space as we have. I think we're going to be able to get a better deal on him than most any other linebacker that's going to be available. Um, I think we're going to be fine. As long as so th- so th- so 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 one last thing about the Rams and then we can move on. Well, actually, you can. I'll let you f- talk the Rams for a little bit if you want. Um, but a uh, Rams insider tweeted after um the Forty ers game and said the Rams either need to go back to making Tom Gurley Todd Gurley. A featured part of this offense, or they need to get rid of him because he's not. Unless he's a featured part of this de- offense, he is not worth the money we're paying him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I love Todd Gurley, and I really hope we can go back to even half the production he was able to put up. Like, if he can put up numbers like he did 
four, five, six games this year, I'm fine. Like, if he can do that for a full 16 games, great. But he really only showed that for the last four or five games. Um, so, like, they really either need to say either Todd really needs to get 20 to 25 carries most every game or you need to somehow get rid of him. Like it sucks, but it needs to happen. They do need to make him more of a key part of the offense for, for how much money you're putting towards one player. Like you need to make that a huge part of your offense. Otherwise, yeah, you, you try to get rid of him. You try to trade him, do whatever you can. Yeah. Even this year, the best games we had were when Todd Gurley had was skating 20 to 25 carries where he was breaking these big runs where he was catching balls like the, the the biggest thing this year for Todd Gurley is I think he dropped a lot of passes um and I don't part of me thinks that some of them were where he was going to get tackled and it was going to be for a loss and so he purposely dropped them it seemed like but some of the other ones that looked like he just dropped them um he had a lot of open field in front of him, so it didn't make sense to purposely drop it. So I can't even give him the excuse, even though I want to. Um, so, but when he was catching, like the biggest part at the end was when he caught touchdown passes. Like that's why he was such a huge threat. Why he was getting so many touchdowns is because he was running, but he was also getting catching these like wheel routes quick passes to the outside where he was just beating players and stiff arming players to get into the end zone. Yeah. I made it my, that, that stiff arm against the Seahawks is my wallpaper on my phone right now. Like that is Todd Gurley. So if we can get that going, great. If not figure it out, um, onto other teams that I don't want to talk about as much. <laughs> All right. uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, First, the Giants were in talks first. I, I heard they were really interested in Matt Rule, but um, the Panthers flew out to see Matt Rule while the Giants wanted him to go to him, and that was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Panthers hired Matt Rule um, and kind of stole him away from the Giants, apparently. Um, and so there was a bunch of other people in talks. And they ended up hiring the Patriots wide receiver and special teams coach, Joe Judge. Yeah. Which I know, all I know is apparently Bill Belichick has been grooming him to become a head coach at some point. And so he has that going for him. But there's so many other candidates that have shown that People have called Eric Bieniemy not getting the the job there a snub. Um, I don't I don't know if that's what happened, but I think he probably has proven himself more. Whether you you're saying we took a risk on J- Daniel Jones and we think it paid off, we're gonna take a risk on a coach here who. Who knows? Like he is a Bill Belichick protege. Maybe he is good. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting hire. What do you think? Go ahead. Yeah, it's hard to say um, what he'll really be. The one thing that he's really got going for him is that he's been a coach at Alabama and he's been a coach at uh, for the Patriots. So yeah, that's huge. He's, that's a huge. He's worked with some really, really good organizations that know how to 
to run football and know how to run really good football programs. And yeah, that's a that's a stellar resume right there. Yeah, that's the that's the dream. Yeah, I went from Alabama to the Patriots. And and while the wide receivers haven't done well for the Patriots this year, he also did special teams, and special teams was probably one of the best um, in the league in the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than their kind of rotation at kicker at the end of the year, but that's not his fault. Yeah, yeah you can't blame him. He, I, yeah, I think they did a great job with what, what happened with the kicking situation. So, I mean, yeah, from what – I can't blame the wide receiver situation on him this year, and special teams has been great. So, I mean, yeah, for- that that he has that going for him. I just, I just think there's other candidates that have shown that have proven it more. But if you want to take a risk, by all means, yeah, the Rams took a risk on Sean McVay, and it's paid off. So. I don't understand it. I know a lot of people don't understand it, but we don't need to. If the Giants understand it and if they've got their vision and if he meet, meets that, then I'm I'm excited to see what, what he can do. Yeah. If he's a huge flop, if he's a Freddie Kitchens like lookalike, I'll be giving them a bunch of shit this time next year. But I'm not going to give them any right now until I see how he does. Like, Yeah. I just... I don't know anything about this guy. I, I can't say it's a bad hire. They saw something, obviously. Uh, and it's... I don't know... Again, I don't think Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley's going to New York. Like, I think they had a bigger pull than the Browns do. But it's still the Giants. So, I don't know. I, I don't think they really had an option there. So... It's really Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy, or I guess Joe Judge, <laughs> and they ch- picked Joe Judge. Um, there's obviously a bunch of other candidates, but we'll talk about them later for the Browns. Um, but yeah, the Panthers hired Matt Rule. Um, I guess you wanted to talk about that a little bit more. It's incredible. So he got a seven-year deal. Yeah, that, I saw that. That's seven-year deal. Yeah. yeah, he just set a Thanks. new minimum for what like n- new head coaches coming from NCAA are going to expect. This is what yep. you want. Time to develop yeah. your system. Holy cow, that is... Yeah, seven seven years. I mean, it's not like they can't fire him. Yeah. But, but like a seven-year contract is huge. Like that's like, we think you're the future. Yeah. We're gonna give you time. Like you can't you can't after one year be like, Nope, you're a failure. We're firing you. It's six years left on your contract. I just like Like, what uh there was a sports illustrated reporter that was like, uh Yeah, I mean, what he should do is just try and tank as hard as he can those first (laughs) two years, get fired, and then enjoy five years (laughs) getting fifty million dollars living on the beach. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. That Holy cow! Yeah. Um, Supposedly, but, they um, the Panthers actually had to pay uh, Baylor six million to buy out the contract to get Matt Rule to come play for the Panthers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but six million to them is like pocket change. It'll do a lot for Baylor, though. I mean, I'm sure they're excited. I mean, about yeah, it. that is huge for Baylor if they can if they can get a coach that's as good as Matt Rule because I do think Matt Rule has turned Baylor into a basketball-only university, really, to, like, they weren't 
really playoff contenders this year, but they were at least like, mm-hmm. we have to talk about Baylor being a playoff contender until they weren't. Until they weren't. Yeah. 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 I um, totally agree. Yeah. But I mean, they were in top, he was like coach for a top 10 team that, I mean, I think they were two or three wins when he took over something like that. Yeah. I mean, it like, was a super good turnaround by him. Um, and, and I, and I'm how, impressed how, by him. I think he's a good coach. I yeah. don't know if he's good enough for the deal that they're giving him, but hey, you're well, worth what the market will pay. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and we'll we've seen NCAA coaches come to the NFL and it not work. So I think that is huge. I think if if you had I mean, told me that the Cowboys had given Mike McCarthy a seven year deal, again, I still think that would have been crazy. But at least it would have been like, at least he's an NFL head coach experience. Like, you know, he knows how to do this. Yeah. I mean, just what I always think about is Nick Saban failed in the NFL. Like, yeah, it's not a guarantee anyone's going to succeed. It's not like you never know what is actually going to work. So, so obviously that means that Nick Saban is only succeeding because of, he has the best recruiting class every year and all of that. Right. It has no. He's just not a very good coach. He just sucks off the Alabama's Alabama's teat. Yeah, as it were. I mean. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's, that's what, what we're saying. Say. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that's what we were saying. All right. Um. So yeah, the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, which I had Mike McCarthy favored for the Browns job. Um, I think I talked about oh, yeah. that last week. I mean, you um, mentioned to I, mentioned it to me at some point. I don't know when. And then sometime last week, I heard that Mike McCarthy was interviewing for the Cowboys job. And I was like, well, yeah, of course you have to. Like, he's really the only, like, head coach that's, I mean, NFL head coach that has experience as an NFL head coach. Like, you have to, obviously, you have to interview him. But mm-hmm. I didn't see him getting the job. Um and then all of a sudden I hear that he's sleeping over at Jerry Jones oh, yeah. after the initial interview for the second interview the next day. I was so like, weird. oh, that is weird. That is a, the, the, the word I would use. Weird. Maybe. Yeah, just weird. Jerry Jones slumber party. Yeah. So weird. How many? Never mind. I don't want to picture the illicit things that might have happened in that house. Um, I just, I just, they're old men and went to sleep early. Um, yep, that's it. Um, so, so they came out afterwards when everyone was questioning why Mike McCarthy and they said, we wanted somebody with NFL head coach experience. It's like, okay, so you wanted Mike McCarthy because after Ron Rivera has gone, no one else is there. Yeah, that's it. That's all that's left. Like, and can we, t- can we just talk about, the whole Jason Garrett not fired, not fired. But situation. he gave permission to do that, also. Yeah, I mean that is a part of it. So, so, so the, with, we hear initially Jerry Jones is having a meeting with um, Jason Garrett, and everyone's like, "Okay, here we go. Jason Garrett's getting fired." Then we hear nothing happened at the meeting. They set a second meeting on Thursday, and everyone's like, "Okay, they're family. They've been. He's been the coach for a very long time. 
They're gonna they're they're gonna fire him now though. No news after the second interview. However, we are hearing that they are interviewing other head coaches. Um, it then comes out that they probably wanted to fire Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett was like, no, 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 don't, don't fire me. I want to be considered for the head coach job. I understand that you're questioning me, but I want a chance to fight for my head coach. And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll, 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 we'll consider you as we're interviewing. But I don't even know. Did, did they even interview urban or Lincoln Riley? Like I know. Not that I heard of. Like I didn't hear that. Like from what I heard, they were only looking for coaches that had NFL experience. I understand that, but there's a, they're just on a different level. Like I get it, but so Jerry's, Jerry's looking to win and he's looking to win now. And I think Jerry believes in Prescott and I think we're going to see the Prescott deal go down. McCarthy was, was big in the passing game. So I think that he can try to implement that with Prescott and, and hopefully they become, you know, this big, powerful offensive powerhouse. I think that's what he's hoping for. Yeah, sure. But something that somebody brought up, McCarthy has never had a top 10 rushing attempt offense. Yeah. And he's inheriting a Dallas Cowboys team with a rush blocking offensive line, the top in the league with a top three, top two running back. Like he always seemed to underutilize running backs in green Bay. Even when he had Eddie Lacy, like I always thought Eddie Lacy was one of the best in the league, but he, I just never felt like he used him as much. And so that's my one question is how is he going to use Elliot, especially after that huge deal that they gave Elliot? Um, yeah. But. What I've, from what I've heard, um, Kellen Moore is, um, mm-hmm. is expected to stay on as offensive coordinator under Mike McCarthy. Uh, that's good. So I think that they'll probably have Kellen Moore probably do more of some of the play calling and, and that aspect of it, but then have, mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy come in for the more general operations. So hopefully Kellen Moore can utilize um, Zeke Elliott and uh, yeah. hopefully merge some of those styles a little bit. Hopefully. Cause I did like what Kellen Moore did this year, even if they didn't do great. Um, I do think he's worth keeping on if he wants to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing I hate when you hear like, yeah, McCarthy nailed the interview. It's like you, Freddie Kitchens nailed his interview with the Browns. That doesn't mean shit. That means good, like, yeah. Just because you can talk football and you have a great interview doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Like, I understand McCarthy coached a Patri- or a, Patri- a Packers team that went to the Super Bowl, but, like... I don't know, man. Like he, I just never felt like he was like, oh, it's Mike McCarthy. He's a great coach. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not very optimistic about this one. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I do think he is a decent head coach, 
but I don't think he's going to all of a sudden turn around the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys are going to all of a sudden be go to like a NFC favorite every year. And it's going to be like, yeah, you're going to be fighting for your division like always, but I don't think all of a sudden you're going to go to a top team in the league with Mike McCarthy. Like, I don't like, I, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Lincoln Riley was even interested in the job, but if he was, like, I just I would have at least given him an interview, even if I'm looking for NFL head coaches. I get that, but Lincoln, I I don't know, I don't know. Lincoln Riley has shown that he can make quarterbacks amazing. Like he, I think he made Baker Mayfield look better than he is. Mm-hmm. So, like, where you're sitting here with Dak Prescott, where it's like he's good and he's shown that he can be a really good, but he's just never been like this elite quarterback. I think it's worth giving Lincoln Riley a shot to bring that out of Dak, especially when you're probably going to have to pay him at least at least thirty five million dollars this offseason. But I don't know. I guess Mike McCarthy's. I mean, he's worth a decent shot. Like, I th- I thought he was going to do a decent job at the Browns, so I don't know. Give him a shot at it. I, I like Mike McCarthy, so I think it's a good hire. Weird, but good. I just – I if they had hired – talked to the other coaches, interviewed other coaches, I would have understood, but they were like – we haven't decided what we're doing to Jason Garrett to like, we're looking for new coaches to all of a sudden two days later. Oh, we're hiring Mike McCarthy. I mean, really interview anyone else. Maybe it's a situation where they do know what they want to do. Well, they don't want to lose Jason Garrett without getting a new option. So basically McCarthy has already agreed to the job and that's, and they're waiting for that until they fire Garrett. Well, you still could fire Garrett and be like, listen, McCarthy, we like you. We want you for the job. But we wouldn't be doing our due diligence as the Dallas motherfucking Cowboys if we're not at least interviewing these other guys that are stellar and have shown that they're elite coaches, even if it was at a different level. Like, I I don't know. I... I'm not mad or I don't necessarily dislike the hire of Mike McCarthy. I just think they should have interviewed other people. I just, I understand McCarthy has a resume, but is it really an amazing resume with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Is, is it Rodgers or is it something else? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Because with how talented Aaron Rodgers is, we expected more than one championship or at least in more than one Super Bowl. Is that on Aaron or is that on Mike McCarthy? That's my question. And I think it's more on Mike McCarthy. But I don't know. It's not like Aaron Rodgers has looked stellar this year without him. So I I don't know. Um, the Browns still haven't hired a coach, which I respect. I mean, it sucks that maybe... You, the two like I really thought Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy were the two best options for the the Browns and they were snatched up um so 
your list was longer than mine. So do you want to share your list of, I think you had seven names? Yeah. So from just looking at the Browns Twitter account, I looked at who they actually had um, said that they interviewed and then who they had scheduled. Um, so okay. they've looked at Greg Roman, offensive coordinator from the Ravens. Um, yep. Eric Bieniemy has come in for an interview, the offensive coordinator from the Chiefs. I like um, that. Yeah. Robert yeah. Sela from the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. Oh, okay. Um, Brian DeBall, uh, the offensive coordinator from the Bills. So, okay. So they've all, all four of those have already interviewed. And then on Wednesday, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator from the Eagles, is expected to interview. I think that'd be a good hire. Yeah, potentially. Um, I like Jim Schwartz. I think he's good. I think he's done well with the weapons that he's had, but I don't know. Thursday. There's, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was, I was done with my Thursday is the one I actually like uh, is Kevin Stefanski, who's the offensive coordinator from the Vikings. Um, okay. He's done some really, really good things there. Um, yeah. And I, I believe this might be the second interview for Stefanski for the Browns. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like that hire. That would be a respectable hire. And then Friday, they have Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. And yeah, then that's a good hire. Adam Schefter said that they hope to have their decision made by Saturday. So we should know soon. But yeah, there's okay. seven well, candidates. So who knows which one of those? Well, at least by the time this podcast airs, they likely won't have a decision. So it's not one of those things where something came out, but I didn't get to talk about it. Um, but. Yeah, so I like Eric Bieniemy. I think he should be looked at. Kevin Stefanski is a good one. And then I don't think Greg Roman's going to go to the Browns. I just I I don't know. I it doesn't sound like that's something he wants to do. Yeah, I'd be surprised by that one. I think the Bieniemy, Stefanski, um those are probably my top 2 and then McDan- yeah. McDaniel's maybe a third. Yeah, I th- Third is between McDaniels and Jim Schwartz for me. I think, like, because it's both ways. Like, I think the Browns would do well with Jim Schwartz. But also, I think Jim Schwartz is kind of tired of getting blamed for how bad his defense is. When it's like, our best cornerbacks and safeties are getting injured. Um, The players were drafting which I our defensive coordinator probably had not very much say in who got drafted, um, aren't paying out. So I don't know. I, I think he kind of wants out of Philadelphia, and I think the Browns would be do well to get him, but I do think Biennemi and Stefanski are above him. And then McDaniels. The only reason I think McDaniels kind of falls down a little bit is we've already seen – McDaniels try and head coach a team and it did not go well when he coached the, the, Broncos. Uh, the Broncos. Yep. So I think that's kind of like a slash against him. Like it's like, listen, these other guys haven't got a shot. We've already seen what you can do. Like I I do think if I was like a better organization, Josh McDaniels is probably a better hire, but to where I'm looking to rebuild an organization I don't think he did a very good job of doing that in Denver. So like if I'm looking to rebuild an organization, which the Browns basically still need to do, I, I guess, I mean, they, they have more pieces than I think they have in the past, but like there's still 
in that rebuild phase, even if only for another off season. Yeah. Um, yeah. They need a strong, um, coach to come in some, a strong personality to come in and lead yeah. that team. Yeah. They need a leader. So we'll see. Um, as long as I just, the Freddie kitchens hire has looked so bad that I, I struggle if they look at anyone really off of this list. Um, I will throw, now that I think about it, Wade Phillips wouldn't be a terrible hire. I, he, I, he is getting high up there, but he has head coached before, has a winning record as a head coach, and is kind of this person who's going to like demand his players to have discipline and I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's at the top of my list still, but he probably is above Jim Schwartz for me. now that I think about it, I don't know if he would want to go there, but he, he definitely still wants to coach. So the other place I've heard for uh, Wade Phillips is the lions. Um, and Oh, where's the other one? I don't know. A lot of people still want him, so I, I'm still, I still love Wade Phillips. I'm still sad we're losing him. Maybe I'll be sh- happy in a, a year. Maybe I'll, I'll come back in a year and tell you how I feel about the, how about Wade Wade Phillips lo- leaving. But right now, I'm sad about it. Um. There's something else we wanted to talk about. Do we still have time? Uh, we probably don't have time. We probably don't have time. You're right. It's the preview of the Titans Ravens. Oh yeah, we do need to. We can do that really quickly. Yeah. Talk about that. The Titans are ten point underdogs. I still think they're feeling heavily underestimated. I do think the Ravens do win this game, and I do think it's a dominating win, though. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to expect a lot of running. I mean, Lamar Jackson yeah. had 1,200 yards rushing. Mark Ingram had over 1,000 yards rushing. And Derrick Henry had 1,500 yards rushing. So, Big thing, Mark Ingram has a calf strain, and there is a chance he does not play in this game. I did hear that. Last I heard, there is it's like a 50-50 chance at this point. Yep. And even if he is playing, he's not at 100%. I think that is huge. Um also huge, I do think the Ravens' defense is able to, one, slow down Henry more than the Patriots' defense was, and two, still hold Tannehill to not very many yards. I don't think their secondary is quite as good as the Patriots, but they're still a very good secondary. And I mean, like, not quite as good, but still dang good. Yeah. Yeah, Tannehill needs to have a big game, I think, for the Titans to have any shot. They can't yeah, just have sure. Derrick Henry just run the ball the entire game. They, yeah, and they can't be settling for field goals all day. Yeah. So, I think if they can get up a little bit early in the game and make um, the the Ravens like try to play comeback football and make sure. it down, I think that's really the only way that they can they can pull that game out. Yeah. If their defense is able to maybe able to make a huge play and get like a pick six or something early, and then their offense is able to put together a drive and they kind of get going, yeah, that that that's kind of my vision of how they would have to 
play to beat the Ravens is get ahead and hold the lead rather than I, I realize he's doing better than he was in the Dolphins, but I just still don't trust Tannehill to as much as I would in any other quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's done really well since taking over the starting position um, for the, for the Titans, obviously um, they went on a huge winning streak and, and obviously they, they won and they beat the, the Patriots and that big win. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is this elite quarterback. Um, no. So I, I don't, I don't expect him to win. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely have the Ravens. I do think 10 points is a little bit too much, but like I'd probably be willing to get like seven and a half. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> we've gotten a little bit over time here. Just a little. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to title this one. Maybe listen to this at 1.5 speed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I listen to ours in 1.2 speed. I listen to all podcasts I, in 1.2. So I do too. <laughs> When I edit ours, I'm usually listening at 1.7. Oh, okay. wow. Uh, so I like, hey, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to the point where occasionally I have to go and listen back slow-mo because I can't quite realize if I say something like <laughs> or slit or what have you. Um, probably should end the podcast, though. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week to, to preview the conference championships. Dope.